0: I'm live at the Red House with my good friend Alan V Nelson. Howdy. With, who I know as a Christian apologist, uh one of my debate buddies, and also uh the host of a of a kind of like re, revivified uh podcast. They're and, like
1: the third or fourth time. Yeah. yeah.
0: Internet internet sensation. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, we'll go with that.
1: No. Uh not not even in the slightest, but yeah. Uh
0: black sheep. Black Sheep Apologetics. Yeah, Black Sheep um, Apologetics. Why don't we just start there? Why don't we start with what you're doing? Like, that's your that's your big, like, creative undertaking right now. So maybe you could start with talking about where that came from and what you're trying to do.
1: Okay. All right. So, yeah. Thank you for having me, first of all. Mm. Um, every time I come up here, I get a little bit jealous, but then the longer I spend up here, I, I feel like I need to be around at least one more person. Right. Um, so, but I'm always happy to be in your company. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, um my name's Alan V. Nelson, Black Sheep Apologetics Podcast, part-time ministry, um, all those different things. Uh but yeah, the podcast is rebooted. Um and um the first episode features my dad, who's a uh, pastor, theologian, missionary kinda kinda guy. And um he's also been, you know, I would say probably the biggest reason why Black Sheep Apologetics begins like exists in the first place. Mm. Um, so it kind of goes back why black sheep apologetics even exist kind of goes back to him and my relationship growing up because I was an only boy with three sisters and being an only boy with three sisters, you don't so much get to share time as you just get to uh, find time. Mm. And so, um, and, and my three sisters love to death and, 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 but, but you know, there's three of them. There's one of me, you can't raise boys and girls the exact same way. And when there's three of them taking up three more, three <laughs> times as much time, you know, you got to kind of evaluate. So when I got time, you know, with my parents, just like one-on-one and everything like that, I had all these curiosities built up. Mm. Like I was all boy, like I was always adventures and accidentally starting fires in the woods, you know? <laughs> um, but it was just like, you know, I had all this curiosity built up and being a preacher kid missionary kid kind of situation going on there's a lot of curiosity spiritually and because we were traveling around the world there was like a lot of cultural curiosity mm. and there was a lot of things that they're just like they warned us about and tried to keep us away from but they were learning the cultures with us you know a lot of times so we were all learning what we could you know migrate towards a lot of times so a lot of times we were all you know learning together but again I was the boy. I was kind of the outcast in the family, by no fault of anybody's except for just you know
0: circumstance.
1: God gave my parents three girls, and they gave me, they gave them one of me, which they're very thankful for. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, so 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 I had all these curiosities, and 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 even in my own family, just kind of not out I mean, outcast, but not forgotten necessarily. But you know, when you when you spent time with Alan, you really had to dive into time with alan Mm. um you had to you had to make sure there was room to breathe for the conversation to breathe because i was everywhere um and uh you know to the point where like my mom tried to homeschool me i think in like kindergarten or maybe preschool or something like that and she no no she could homeschool my sisters really well and Mm. she just gave up on me (laughs) thankfully you know not in everything but definitely being my teacher um so the trajectory you know you you can, you can see where this is going to where it's just like, okay, so Alan was basically a black sheep in his upbringing and his curiosity. And so that just kind of cycled through to the people that I was like interested in or ended up hanging out with or having conversations with. Cause I know me and you have had conversations about being black sheep and you don't necessarily identify as that, but you are. Mm. And um, it's just kind of one of those things. Uh, but you know, as as I grow up, those are just people that I tend to just be attracted to, and they're attracted to me, and we just tend to find each other.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, when I was in high school, like late high school, might have been right after high school, my dad gave me a book, and I've told this story before. I actually just told it on my podcast. He gave me this book called The Lotus and the Cross, Jesus mm-hmm. Talks with Buddha by Ravi Zacharias. He didn't know anything about apologetics at the time. He had just found this book, read it. You can, it's a it's a day read. Nothing nothing crazy. And he's like, "Well, where Alan's at, and what he thinks about, and you know, he spends a lot of times with time with. I think that he could get a lot out of this book. And that's when I found apologetics. That's when I really started to figure out why I believed what I believed as a Christian. And so, from sixteen, seventeen, maybe eighteen years old, then on you know, I had, I found a place to really like put my curiosity. Well, from there I had to mature as a person for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, still kind of, I didn't even know how to articulate the black sheep of it all really until just a few years ago. Cause I was, you know, coming to my, out of my own stuff, out of my own story, which is a separate episode by itself. Um, but I was still, kind of having these questions these curiosities and as I came out of a lot of you know my story it dawned on me that who I am and who I spend a lot of time with and the conversations that I have they need to have a direction and maybe there needs to be a voice for that side of of the conversation Um, whether that's in the church in the culture just in your in your regular communities. There's gonna be black sheep everywhere. They're curious, they're forgotten, they're outcast, there's all these different things. And when they have big questions that are not like the big big questions necessarily like does God exist, but they have big, big questions like for example, what's it what's a good one? Oh yeah, one I always come back to was Leviathan from Job 41, which is a book in the Bible and a chapter in the Bible, Job 41 was the Leviathan real? And if so, is he still alive? Mm. You know? Um, and that was a huge one for me. Um, very few people like talking about that question, especially in Christian circles. Um, cause then you're talking about sea monsters and Christians are like, well, one, we're about Jesus, not sea monsters. Mm-hmm. And two, um, why are you asking that question? Are you spending too much time playing video games? You spending too much time reading fantasy? You know, it's like no. There's a big giant monster in Job forty one that the Bible's talking about. What what is this thing? You know? Right. And uh so yeah, there I just I just felt the need that I uh, I believe that God placed it on my heart to create this thing, this ministry, with all these little little pieces, the podcast being one of them, to kind of speak into those speak not necessarily yeah, into those people's lives, but also for those people and have conversations with people that are willing to have those conversations. Cause a lot of people don't have the ability to get with people or they don't have the resources or they don't know who, but I know a lot of people that will have those conversations. So why not have them, you know, on my show, have the conversations and run with it. So another thing that everybody needs to learn about me from the very beginning is that I take a very simple question and make it 3000 miles long of an answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, but yeah, I mean, there's just, there's just a lot, but yeah, black sheep apologetics just comes from turning 37. this years this year, 37 years of just figuring myself out where I'm supposed to be, who I want to be surrounded by and, and who I want to help.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, Apologetics is really what ended up causing you and I to meet each other.
1: Really and Instagram. Yeah. Shout Instagram. out to IG.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. They <laughs> they as a company will be will really appreciate the endorsement. Are they part of Meta now? Yeah, they are. Oh they are. man. Yeah. That's creepy. It sure is. It's really creepy. Are uh, we real? I don't know. I don't know. But how do you know? Uh but the apologetics thing yeah so that <laughs> <laughs> that that drew us together because of Instagram because i i stumbled across your page and 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 uh got really curious that because you're the only person i've met that like uses that's used that term to describe yourself and what you do with your faith uh and that was really fascinating to me which obviously as we both know led us to a couple years of being friends now of just getting together and sometimes really? arguing pretty loud, and sometimes yeah. not talking about Christianity at all, and just right. talking about life and stuff. And right. it's been a fruitful thing so far. It has. Hopefully, we'll bring it all down today.
1: Yeah, it's it's <laughs> we're gonna burn it to the ground. <laughs> some some somehow the non believer and the believer are just gonna finally come to blows. Yep. And you know, heaven and heaven or hell is either going to exist or it's gonna not. You know, yep. it's based on this conversation.
0: And it's gonna this this episode is gonna be used in court under evidence well i'm really through hoping through i don't say punch.
1: anything that gets you censored that's what i'm really because <laughs> i have because people have listened to our conversations like i told you people have come up to me and be like hey you know and they heard overheard things i said mm. and that led them to want to talk to me not in a bad way but again these curious people yeah and i'm like going oh man glad they didn't take offense to that yeah because you know? i remember the context of the conversation but yeah
0: it's Luckily, funny. I'm not nearly big enough. Uh, this podcast isn't big enough to even, you know. Well, I, somebody probably could get mad and try to take it down or whatever. Do you want, to test, I, no. you want to test it? No, test it. I mean, if we do, that's fine. But it's not a goal. So, like apologetics, man. Like uh, I, I listened to your podcast with your dad, like, and I and I heard you. I'm not I'm not challenging your definition by any stretch of the imagination. But I heard you kind of give uh, an explanation of it that's like. I don't know how you would say it exactly, whether it's a justification for certain beliefs or explaining what you believe. And I I heard that and I was like, yeah, obviously that's one way to say it. But then there's also, I mean, it's like a weird tradition, right? Like what is the more dense, less understandable definition of apologetics?
1: In its simplest form, it's just depending on who you are and who you're talking to. Because the answers don't necessarily change. Um but the presentation of them does. Mm. So say you are a professional philosopher who happens to be a believer who debates. Um William Lane Craig is, you know, yeah. not for me, but he's just one of the one of the more popular ones. You know, he's he's at the top of the list as far as popular ones. Um, and you know, he'll he'll do those things. But then there's people like Alvin Plantinga, um, who is not so uh public but has, you know Opus or whatever the plural of opus is, um, of of his of his Christian faith and 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 you know just exploring the deep reasons you know the warranted Christian belief that he believes that that um, that he has and everything like that, just expounding on those people like Gary Habermas has like I think he said like almost five thousand pages of evidence for the resurrection. So the presentation is is what gets intricate, what gets deep not necessarily like the idea behind apologetics. All it is is just a legal term from ancient Greece, which is apologia or apologia, however you want to pronounce it. And everybody understood that term back then because it was what lawyers or people representing themselves, anybody that was giving a defense, Mm. used in court. And so like I was like, I mentioned this on my podcast where it's like my lawyer friend, he practiced business apologetics. His business defense okay defense for business practices reasons for doing what you're doing now there is law intertwined with that so there's like a right or wrong you know um, thing as far as like the ethics and morality and everything like that whereas christian apologetics mainly debates ethics and morality and their existence and what that existence points to does that make sense Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily that apologetics has a like i said deeper um Rooted thing, it's just basically the presentation and where you find yourself and who you're talking to that can really go, you know, yeah, it can really, we can, can really go to some fun, fun places, yeah, fun places. So,
0: I, pref- I, for one, I like the angle that you've taken with the whole black sheep thing and with like appealing. It sounded like you really have, when you were talking to your dad, it sounded like you really have, uh, like I guess you'd say, like a heart for people who find themselves struggling with those tough questions and stuff. And like that you really, you care about connecting with those people rather than like uh, ostracizing them. I mean, like is that, is that just from your own experience? Is that what gave you that desire to empathize with those people?
1: Yes and no. Um, Yes. Because I've been that person like that was kind of ostracized to a much lesser extent than the people that I believe that this is for. Mm. So um, I lead a men's group on Thursday night, men's Bible study on Thursday night. And it is populated um, depending on how many people show up between, you know, six to eight guys every Thursday night who are exactly these people. And they have these huge questions, no community around these questions. Um, but they're all involved in some aspect of church or or Christian belief or all, all these different things. Um, and then the group text that we actually have has, like, a few other people that just don't show up, which is perfectly fine. Shout out to the people that don't show up um, that should. <laughs> but uh, th- these guys, they're all in different levels and, and, and have different questions. And they show up, and it's like, oh, we're allowed to talk about that here? Hmm. We're allowed to ask those questions? But then some nights it's like, I have this question. It's like, well, we're talking about this. Oh, oh, I thought this was a place where we could have. Okay. All right. This, but it's not about you, you know? It's not about you. It's, it's, it's about all of us. It's about us having a home. And so it's like, that's a good representation of kind of what I'm trying to do with this. Not so much just for men. Men are ostracized right now in culture as it is. Getting really close to that line but men are ostracizing culture as it is um but just curious people with sorry, <laughs> sorry you made me laugh i'm sorry it's gonna happen
0: it's i mean it's, <laughs> it made me laugh because it's so common for people to on so like in conversations i've had on this show already it's not it's not uncomfortable for anybody if people talk about the belief that supports the idea that like you know that like uh that that you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not uncomfortable at all if we talk about things from a liberal angle that happens to align also with like maybe uh feminism or whatever that like deals with deals with situations where women are treated unfairly right but it's like we we both are aware of the fact that if like the fact that you said that somebody wishes that they could come through the camera right now and correct you you know and do you want to give that, them the address? No, no, definitely okay. not, all right. but <laughs> anywho uh yeah, Sorry, but, you made me laugh.
1: No, it's, well, that's good. It, it means we're still friends. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, one, they have a home as men's where they can come and discuss anything they want and, and, and not feel weird or, like, okay, whatever. But then the bigger questions, the deeper questions, like, hey, um, I feel like God used to talk to me this way a few years ago, but now that I've tried to clean up my act, I was like a mess back then, and he talked to me this way. Why doesn't he talk to me like that anymore? I need to hear from him like that now. It was so clear back then. Why not now? And they get angry about this because they're just like, "Where's God? Where's God? Where's God?" I mean, I know He's there, but why can't I hear Him? Mm. And it's like, Did you hear Him to begin with? Was that really Him talking when you were a mess? You know. And so, a lot of these questions glean more questions that create really powerful conversations. Yeah. And so, you know, you. So what I want to do is just kind of take that spirit, that heart in those conversations and just transplant it to one-on-one conversations like this and just really give those, give like one question at a time that, you know, has little branches, but give one big question at a time room to breathe. And so that way, if these people are listening to this and they're going, okay, wait, wait, oh, these people are actually talking about, okay, you know. Um, And I didn't realize it, but, like, my cousin, like, my cousin, um, Seth, I didn't realize that he had some of the same questions that I did. And since that episode's come out, we've reconnected. Mm. And we've been, like, sharing, like, data on, like, this one specific topic. And it's really cool. And we're also, like, you know, he was coming to the same conclusions that I was but we didn't have anybody to talk to about that. And he didn't know of anybody that he could like really, really dive into it with. And so now based on that question that he's really excited about, I'm planning an episode just on that question. Yeah. And I don't know who I'm going to talk to about it. Cause I want to talk to somebody that like is a little bit more of an authority on it than I am. And than he is to where they will actually entertain it, but it's still, you know, it, 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 I have a huge heart for these people because I don't like when one of the basic human things that we do is ask questions, and I don't like it when people say you can't ask that, you can't discuss that, and it's like who who said?
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. if you're a Christian, like I mean, because it's not just it's not just a podcast for Christians; it's just a podcast for people that have questions that maybe are you know around Christianity. You know, just, it's just one of those things. But if God will entertain the question in the Bible, then why won't we as people of, you know, believers in God, so why won't we have those questions outside of the Bible? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, I, I, I I mean, he's the, from my perspective, he's the only one with those answers, of course, like ultimately, but we can still have the conversation
0: so, so give me an example of some of the questions that you enjoy dealing with that are in this, that are in this realm.
1: Okay. So uh, we got the Leviathan question, mm-hmm. which is a huge question. Um, then we got, uh, you know, um, churches, some churches act like businesses. Mm-hmm. Should churches act like businesses? And it's just like, should they? Right. You know, um, uh, uh, somebody close to me is a, is a PhD in nonprofits with an emphasis on like church organization and everything like that. I'm going to have him on. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. Church and business and where they intersect and where they should stay apart. And, uh, you know, me and I'm already found like a, like a moment of disagreement, not anything tense, but just a moment of disagreement. And it might just be miscommunication or misunderstanding, but there's the conversation. Um, let's see here. Uh, another one. uh, Hearing God, um, did did like spiritual some spiritual gifts like 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 a lot of people have heard about speaking in tongues, or prophecy, or all these different things. Did those end, or did they continue after a certain point in in time? You know, stuff like that. Because a lot of people believe that they ended, and a lot of people believe that they never ended. But if you go and talk to somebody, you always get like a straight answer like this is it, mm-hmm. and it's just like well let's. Let's have the conversation. Don't just give me this is it. You should believe that that's what the Bible says, or that's what not. That's not what the Bible says. Let's talk about that. You know, let's explore it. Because some of these questions, I don't know the answer to, but I'm just as curious as the listener. I have some answers that I found, but I'm just as curious as the listener on some, you know, questions. So let's let's find somebody to talk to about it. Um, let's see here. Were dinosaurs on the ark?
0: Right. So, like, <laughs> moral and ethical things. Moral and ethical, ethical things. Theological yeah. things. Theological and things. also, like, just, fun just things. Just fun things, man. Yeah. All of it's fun. The one I remember, uh, or one that I remember in high school, an experience, because you know I went to a Christian school, right. and I was probably discouraged from some of the conversations that I wanted to have. In fact, I, well, I definitely was. I mean, that's what, I ended up starting a little Bible study with a group of folks that was kind of for this... It was it was motivated by a similar drive, like I just wanted to have the stranger conversations about stuff and look for answers, and that didn't really work out. And so that part of me really identifies with what you're doing. But uh, anywho, that's why we get along. So I, well. I do think that's why we get along pretty well. Uh, that's one of the reasons. Also, I, also just appreciation, I think, for argument. But
1: and I'm just super jealous of the beard all the time, mm. and and the more I can be around it, yeah, it's <laughs> just you know. Living yeah. vicariously through your face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You and me both. But um the one that I remember from high school, I remember being in a class and being like somehow aliens were brought up and I had a teacher that was like, There can't be aliens because the Bible says that Jesus came to earth and and saved us and if there were aliens Jesus is Jesus is the only son of God and if there were aliens, then he would have had to go to their planet and like die for them otherwise they'd be perfect so there can't be aliens in space and i was like that don't i don't think that checks out i love that question too. what do you think about it
1: what do i think about aliens
0: does it affect christianity no no no
1: no, no. um two things um we can talk about that question or not if you want to um but you know it's it's your show so
0: i want i think i want to get into just a bunch of this stuff <laughs> okay all right yeah.
1: cool, so we'll start with that one then um first, first, first answer and these and these and these well let me give it let me offer an, a resource on this topic before I go any further mm-hmm. um and it's a fictional resource like it it exists, but it's like fiction um and it's <laughs> paralandra by c s lewis Okay. It's the second in his space trilogy. And it's about um, the main character, Dr. Ransom, going to a different planet and basically meeting the beginning of sentient life. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of, in a very literary way, talks about this question. Okay. Not on purpose about, like, are there aliens, but it really explores, like, what would the Jesus question kind of look like or the God question kind of look like or, you know, uh, the beginning of man and creation and the fall, what would that kind of look like somewhere else? And so, and one, it's the best of the trilogy. Like, I mean, a lot of people love the third one, a lot of people love the first one, but if you're objective, it's the second one. Like, it's always the second one, it's the best. Um, But Paralander by C.S. Lewis, Beautiful book, not very long at all, but it just it's so so good, and it really i think speaks into this question a little bit, so that's a resource it's a fun little resource, and um it's a good trilogy, but I think that the second one's the best um I have no problem believing that aliens exist, mm-hmm. I, I think that one. If they do, they need to land here, and you need to have them on your show because you have you have the yard out here. Um, <laughs>
0: so you used to have it, corn in it too. Okay, yeah. well,
1: see, <laughs> you're missing an opportunity out here. I man. know, you know. Um, but I think I think that uh, I think you, they need to land here. You have, need to have them on your show. But the question of like Jesus coming here and all these different things, okay, fine. There's room for that, and I don't I don't discourage that because you can you can run with that and everything like that but the question of i don't want to say necessity because when you get too much into the jesus question like, as far as, like, his atonement, like him coming and dying on the cross, you have to be very, very specific with your words. Mm. And because we're having fun and because I'm not talking to somebody that, like, can correct me in real time, mm-hmm. you know, like, as, if, if I'm not getting too off, like, biblical base, um, we'll, we'll we'll acknowledge that but not, like, move too close to it because I don't want to say anything off because I'm having fun. I'm just yeah. having fun. Um, but uh, But I think that if aliens exist— I have no problem with that idea at all, Um, but I don't think that it changes the character of God whatsoever. So I have no problem with them existing because I don't think that their existence changes anything about the story of Jesus at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, if they exist, that doesn't change the fact that, and I say the fact because that's where I'm at it's not necessarily you at or half the people listening but it doesn't change the fact that he's the timeless spaceless, immaterial creator of the universe that exists you know and then created everything so that doesn't change him and it doesn't change the fact that he loves the people he sent his son for it just means there's other sentient beings Mm -hmm. and again that's why I reference Paralandra by C.S. Lewis because it kind of goes into like the sentient being question and like what that would look like on a different planet Um, but yeah, the character of God, I don't think would change, but if we're going to discuss it in a way that the character of God does change, then we have to consider a lot of variables. Hmm. Um, so it's just like, well, aliens show up, so God must not exist. Okay. Well, that's a really big leap from aliens existing to God's in existence. So you're going to have to bridge that gap.
0: I'd have to agree with that. Pretty well. Yeah. I mean, that's. That's a weird, that's a weird conclusion. Yeah. But I guess I remember in high school, I thought to myself, and of course, I believed the interpretation of Genesis that, you know, that stood on the, the, the assumption that Adam and Eve was like a literal story that is historical. And I thought, how come that story can't have taken place on a different planet, but they didn't eat the fruit? It doesn't mean that they were any less created you know, uh, of course they, maybe then they weren't cursed with the burden of like populating the world or whatever. I don't know how you would, how you would deal with all that, but it doesn't, it didn't, that whole thing doesn't make them any less created by God if they didn't screw it up, you know? So I I guess I just didn't see why it was necessary to think that if people don't have a history of sinning, that they aren't, they aren't, that that messes with the the philosophy of Christianity and like that if you don't sin, that you're, you're equal to God or something. So you must sin kind of thing.
1: Well, the implication is that if aliens exist, then some part of something else must've created them. Oh, is like, that what people think? That's well, that's the implication. That's like what people think, that people are thinking they're like, well, if aliens exist, then, then you're kind of saying that there must've been some other creator. Hmm. And Jesus, like you said, only came here to us and everything like that. Well, one, one, there's no evidence that Jesus only came here to us period at all. Like, cause we don't know what's out there. We don't know where else Jesus or the son of God went. Now again, this is conjecture. I'm not preaching heresy or anything like this again this is somebody's not like correcting me uh, I've read the Bible through twice. I don't think that there's any reason for me to 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 think that I'm saying anything necessarily biblically wrong, mm-hmm. but Jesus, yes, came to earth to die for us, but that's not to say that there was not a reason for him to go somewhere else for other sentient beings to do the same thing. Um, and, and, and that's just part of the fun conversation, but I'm not going to stand up in anybody's pulpit and say that, but I don't, I don't think that, I don't think that, yeah, I think that, I think that there's a lot of things that we don't know about what he created because like, there's Mars picture that just showed up recently. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's like the, this Really. It it, it, it it almost looks like a really intentional shape that was found in the dirt. And it was like, it's either a rock or some dirt that was just this really intentional shape. Almost it was like hewn and finished, you know, to a, just a beautiful, smooth edge, sides, everything. Um, I don't know what's on Mars. I don't know. I, I don't think Jesus went there. Yeah. I, you know, da 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 all these different things. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not sentient life there that doesn't mean that you know all these different things but but aliens existing and i, I don't think i think that conflating the argument between aliens existence and Jesus coming to die for us they those two things can't coexist mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that that's you know it again it it those things not being able to coexist i think would have more judgment on god's character than both of them existing
0: I'll tell you a non-offensive Jesus joke that I that not I heard. Offensive.
1: Is Jesus the butt of a joke?
0: Uh, I don't think. Because oh. if he's
1: the butt of the joke, then it's offensive.
0: I don't think he is. If he just
1: happens to be in the joke, it's not offensive.
0: It's like about... You can tell me. You okay. can tell me if it's offensive or not. Uh, it's your show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll still probably laugh,
1: unfortunately.
0: <laughs> it's I don't think it is offensive as I think about it, but I, I heard it... It's part of a stand-up bit that I heard, and I can't do it justice, but the the situation was like somebody was talking to an alien and they were trying to figure out this whole Jesus thing. And the guy was like, or the alien was like, Oh, you guys got visited by Jesus too. Yeah, we did too. It was crazy. Yeah. He, uh, he was kind of picky. He didn't like our chocolate. And the guy was like, what do you mean? He didn't like your chocolate and the aliens like, well, yeah. I mean, he said he was like the son of God. So we like threw a huge party and had a big dinner and like, treated him you know like a star and gave him all our best chocolate and all our best food he didn't like the chocolate much the guy had a kind of a puzzled look and the alien was like "Why? what did what did y'all do when he visited (laughs) y'all I think it's quite funny
1: (laughs) it's funny because we're stupid that's why it's funny that's why that's why aliens are considered the more intelligent races. (laughs) Uh, it's well it it, it it i I think that has along the lines of like there's a there's a joke that we heard while my dad was a missionary in Scandinavia. Um and Norwegians and Swedes they don't hate each other but there's this this rivalry mm-hmm. because their 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 cultures are very similar, their languages are very similar, and uh I don't remember whether it was Norway or Sweden, but somebody in one of those countries told us a joke. And it's a question why wasn't Jesus born? Let's say we heard it in Sweden. Why wasn't Jesus born in Norway? I couldn't tell you. I couldn't find any wise men.
0: Mm.
1: And so it's just, it's just a little dig, dig. but Jesus isn't the point of the joke. And, and, and the joke that you're telling the, the, the butt of the joke is, is us. It's
0: humanity. Yeah.
1: And, and that's, that's actually kind of funny as it relates to actually Christianity and Jesus is that, yeah, that, that's the point. That's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> he came to save us and we're just like, kill him. <laughs> he came to do the best thing that we possibly could think of ever, period. And we're like, yeah, we don't like this guy. He's he's going to give his life for us. And that feels kind of arrogant. <laughs> so we're going to kill him. And then God's like, yeah, you are. And Jesus died. was buried. And then three days later, he's like, what now? Like, you know, not so much. I mean, he had more to say. Yeah. Than that, but it's like you know, okay, kill me, fine.
0: So you approve of this joke?
1: I do. I think it's a great joke. Okay, I think yeah. it's I think it's a really good joke. <laughs> um, I think that that I think that any pastor would be well do well to to use that from the pulpit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I might have to use it too because that's it's a thinker.
0: As you were talking and going through things, I, f- I found like five things, and I was like, I need to ask that, I need to mention that, I need to lead us to that. Uh, but the the one that the one that might derail us the most is this one. Um, as you're talking, you're sort of like you're saying like I don't want to say anything theologically incorrect or whatever. And the glaring issue with that, I think, is like there are so many different parts of Christianity that disagree on what theologically correct even and means. Some people, in the next yeah, Few minutes. That's fine
1: on my side. <laughs> that's I'm not
0: trying to. I'm definitely.
1: No, I'm, I'm just going to have to. It yeah. Just I'm. Happens.
0: Well, I just wanted to make it clear. You know, like I, I mean, you know, you you know that you and I have had a history. Of you knew you knew me as like a way more outspoken atheistic person. That was like I I was anti theistic. So I was I considered people who had faith like kind of uh, I was like a, like a combatant of theirs. Which I don't really think of myself as that now, but you I wanna, do. You want
1: to tell people what your intent was with talking to me in the very beginning?
0: I don't know what my intent was.
1: Well, you you said that you would go out of your way to either make me angry or make me cry, and you could never achieve either.
0: Yeah. Okay, that sounds like something I would which, say.
1: <laughs> which which always makes me laugh, because I never knew. <laughs> I was just sitting there, I was like, this is just fun. <laughs> yeah. you're, the whole time, apparently, you're trying to make me angry and make me cry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would provoke something. Uh, yeah, I think I found the whole provocateur personality kind of exciting at that point in my life. Mm. Only
1: Milo's really good at it.
0: Was. Was. Yeah, He, he, still he probably still is, but he... That's
1: not an endorsement of Mayo Yiannopoulos.
0: No, not at all, but he really... All. I mean, last time I saw him on a podcast, he didn't have the same vinegar at all. He he just...
1: That's because he's, he's claiming to have his heart right, right with God, so I think that kind of takes the wind out of some of your sails.
0: Mm, yeah. Not yours. It It'll should. do that to a person. It will, eventually. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's get back to theology. I, I don't know. I mean, is that... I think... There's, there's, you can interpret it however you want. But what I noticed about it is that even just the very idea of being confined to, I want my speech to be consistent with like what's theologically correct, that can be a bit limiting, I would think, in the pursuit of, because, because you have all this like deep curiosity. And it seems like that piece of how you operate, or not you, but how anybody could operate, that would interfere with curiosity, I would think, in some ways, because it's kind of a block. Like you can't, you can't think past a certain thing, which is like, you can't betray what you think is theologically correct. So, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's, I think that's a good question. Um, not to nitpick your statement, but I just want to clarify where I'm coming from when I try to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're not wrong in saying it's theological, but what I'm trying to do is be biblical. Okay, Um, Because there's a lot of times when, you know, when, when you bring up all these different sects and denominations and isms within Christianity, a lot of times people are trying to be theologically correct, meaning they want to be as correct as they possibly can to the theology that they've adopted as part of their faith. Yeah. So there's all these different theologies. There's... There's Molinism. There's Calvinism. There's Arminianism. There's Billicism. There's Jesusism. There's Progressivism. There's all these different isms within Christianity, along with all the denominations, which we have the Baptist denomination, Episcopalian, Methodist, Presbyterian, all these different things. All these different things. You know, um, Full Gospel. You know, Independent Baptist. All even little sub sub denominations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I want to make sure that I'm not necessarily being theologically correct. As I'm trying to be biblically correct. Okay. So I don't want to speak out of turn. Um I've, I don't want to I don't want to say any more than what the Bible has said, because then we get into Mormonism, like as an example, as a model, um, and I don't want to say anything incorrect as to what the Bible has said. And and there's and there's foundations and root for that based on, you know, the the Christian faith, the Christian belief system. Um, but, you know, and so, yes, it's limiting, but I just want to make sure that, that not to correct you or belittle you or anything like that, but just make sure we're using the, the right terminology as it relates to me. Yeah. I just want to make sure that I'm biblically correct. You want to say limited... Uh, Okay, I, I can limit myself. I can I can agree with that. I will limit myself by the boundaries that the Bible and, and I believe God has already said, this is what's true, this is what's not. Don't add to, take away. Otherwise, have fun being curious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So does that make sense? It does. Okay, so therein, I just put limitations on our conversation. Do you find that our conversation is now less or more fruitful or potential to grow and expand
0: i think specificity and targets you know are they can they can be helpful in every in everything you know so in our conversation if it's all over the place that's not really all that that's not as great of a conversation in my opinion as one could be if it's like really pointed towards something so i think that's an argument for for what you're saying i mean i i I will acknowledge that i mean in knowing you i'm not going to like Talk with you like I do with some people, and be all foul mouthed and, and 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 profane. You uh, should come
1: to group on Thursday nights. It's, oh yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. The, Y'all I, let loose a little. <laughs> I do. I, I. It's a very, very real, very raw atmosphere. Yeah, and I wish that I could, and I and I hope that in sometimes the conversations that happen on Black Sheep Apologetics, I hope they go there. You're not going to hear language or foul talk from me yeah necessarily like i'm i'll go too far with like poop jokes um or say crap oh no um but you know and 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 if we talk about the sexual aspect of things there are things you're gonna have to say but with the guys on thursday night like it's very real it's very raw we're there we're present we got to we got to we got to say what needs to be said we got to talk about things that need to be talked about especially as far as men go yeah so you be who you need to be or who you feel like needs to like, you know, you let your own line roar. I'm going to I'm going to roll with whatever you got. Like, yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about it.
0: Well, there's this part of me that like I I hate to even acknowledge out loud that I, I might filter myself depending on who I'm talking to. But I don't know. It's, there is a thing in my head that's like as a I'm not only just having a conversation with you, but in a way I'm like interviewing you. I'm trying to like make this about you and learn about you from a different angle than what I already have in our life. And there's this idea in my head that if I'm talking to somebody who might be a Christian or something by just cursing throughout the conversation, like I normally would, I might just be making them less comfortable than they otherwise would be less open than they otherwise would be. And that might actually be, you know, kind of, uh, not an asset to the conversation that we, that we could have.
1: I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Anybody that's worried about the F word, um, Okay. If you want if you if you if you want to if you want to have a real human conversation and in your mind shut down because you hear four letters in a certain order. Yeah. And go I can't do this unless they clean up their mouth. It's like why are you even talking with people? Yeah. Like like cuz cause, cause, okay, yeah, there's a case that could be made for like people that you know, for for for, for not using those words. There's a case that could be made. I don't use those words. It's a personal choice. I have a lot of reasons for it. But I think that it's important to let people be people, flawed, broken, and beautiful at the same time. Because if we're not flawed and broken and beautiful, then from the Christian perspective, why did Jesus come? Mm. It's like, if if we're put together... If we have to clean up our act, depending on who we are or who we're around, you know, we we, we should strive to be better every single day. And for Christians, like, you know, we're some of the biggest hypocrites you've ever met. But if we are going to, you know, God has set a certain standard for his followers to be like, hey, do your best to be this. I've sent a helper to help you with this. Maybe Christians don't need to use that language, but you know, you gotta be real, you gotta be angry sometimes, you gotta do all these things and you gotta grow through things. But I'm not gonna hold you to the same standard that I believe that God holds me to as a as a believer versus a, versus a non believer. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So if it has if, if if you if you feel like you need to say it, <laughs> I'm not gonna sit here, I'm not gonna encourage you to do it. Right. But I'm also gonna be like, dude, just be yourself. I mean, man. of
0: course, if it if it came to it, I would I'd say whatever. But I'm, I'm, I guess I'm just. I'm aware also not going to let you just interview me. <laughs> you know,
1: this is going to be a conversation. Yeah, because I love you too
0: much. Well, let's uh <laughs> let's continue down this road. By the way, I love you too. Let's continue down this road of of uh of me throwing these options out to you. Admit. So did you, let's.
1: Did you want to stay on the tribalism thing?
0: Sh- wait tribalism <laughs> where well, were we,
1: we we were talking about like all the different like if, as far as like,
0: oh right we didn't you haven't answered that yet yeah yeah, yeah. yeah go with it uh <laughs> right, then the next one never mind i'll wait till i wait till we go with the tribalism thing because okay, uh, we
1: can go joe rogan time if you want to i mean we can just go
0: i bet we'll i uh, bet with you i'll bet i'll i bet we'll hit two hours so uh, okay. we'll see
1: I'm okay we can go well last time we went The the first time we went over two hours was the four or five hour conversation where we ended up yelling at each other in the alley Yeah, because we were so tired and hungry. Yeah. We didn't realize how hungry.
0: We were. <laughs> yeah. We weren't one even time angry. I mean, we went a long time down there.
1: It wasn't even angry. It was just, we were just so tired. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I find that I, I, I don't think that for curiosity's sake, right. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with boundaries. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you're curious. And you're asking me questions that you think will be beneficial to the conversation, maybe beneficial to people listening, maybe beneficial to Red House sessions in general, all these different things. And we're also between four walls. Mm -hmm. But we have all this curiosity, we have all this creativity, and yet this conversation is blossoming in a bunch of different ways. But, you know, so I don't, with that, I don't think that, making sure that i'm being as biblically sound as possible is limiting necessarily to 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 my growth as a christian to my growth as a person to my growth as uh, my growth in curiosity and creativity i think that it as as is evident here this is all over the place in certain things and like you said a conversation without boundaries isn't a very interesting conversation it's just words thrown against the wall and
0: chaos yeah
1: it's chaos yeah, yeah yeah and uh you know which is which is what the feminine the control mm-hmm. is the masculine the, the chaos is the feminine for good reason um, order yeah 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 so um 12 rules for life Jen. um but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's not an endorsement of jordan peterson um but we're getting so close to offending so many people um i think that anybody that limits themselves theologically as a separate, as a separate pursuit, I think that that is where we get into trouble.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. As far as, as far as, as far as I think any belief system goes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you listed off, and it, you listed off a lot of different theologies, and I think people often, uh, people of, of faith, it's, it, for some reason comes more down to to uh, denominations for a lot of people. Maybe it's just, like, the the next layer of depth when you get into theology and stuff, but that's not stuff that I, I ever heard talked about nearly as much. Like, uh, like, maybe you could talk about what... You don't have to talk about what your theology is, but I'm, all those different theologies, Calvinism to... You said something like Jesusism. Jesusism, yeah. <laughs> all these theologies, like... How do you define a, d- a theology different from a from a, a, a from a denomination?
1: Um, so, a denomination can have a an amalgam of theologies, or it can be one theology. Mm. Um, so, a denomination is, I'd say, I'd say it's um, churches that lean more toward a specific group of theologies and tried to veer away from others hmm. okay so that's a that's a denomination um so they're just like well we will allow these but we won't allow those you know like you can come you can be fine and you can and you can come to our church and everything like that but there's things that we believe that the bible says and the bible doesn't and that's these theologies not these theologies and it's like well what about what the bible says you know um, so there's a theology which is just like with the with the Calvinism Arminianism Molinism <clears throat> Jesusism is its own special brand of um, crazy but Calvinism uh, is is rooted in the teachings of John Calvin um, Arminianism is rooted in the teaches, teachings of um, I believe it's Arminius Ar- Arminius um, and there's uh, Thomism which is rooted in the um, teachings of Thomas Aquinas, okay? Um, Then you get uh, Jesusism, which is, um, oh, Molinism, um, which is uh, rooted in the teachings of a guy named Molina. But then Jesusism is its own brand of crazy, which is rooted in only following what Jesus said. Mm. And when I say only following what Jesus said, it's only following the things that you like that Jesus said. Mm. So it's like, oh, I'm going to follow the Jesus that I perceive from the Bible.
0: Well, what if it isn't that, though? I mean, if what if there's a person who—what if there's a, a, a sect of people who that's their theology and they don't personalize it to that degree? They try to practice everything that Jesus said? Um,
1: if you're trying to practice everything that Jesus said, bravo. I mean, there's not a lot of people that are going to call themselves a Jesusists, mm-hmm. Um because a lot of people think that what's wrong with being a Jesus? Jesusist? Like, are, are all Christians Jesusists? No. No, no, we're not, because it's his own special thing. And it's not as like it's not as like, um, you know, prevalent as the the big isms or anything like that. But it's still it's it's still a thing where they cherry pick what Jesus said. And they're like, well, Jesus, you know, said these really nice things in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7. But um, I don't like these other things that he said or they just haven't read The other stuff he said, they just read this one few, these few chapters and they're just like, well, that's, that sums up Jesus. And it's just like, well, if you only pick out the nice things that Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, then you're conveniently ignoring all the other things that you really don't like that you didn't realize Jesus said. Yeah. So it's, Jesusism is is cherry picking Jesus. That's,
0: that's all it is. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, that's like, that's a way to perceive the way that people are likely to do it. But I mean, that's not a there's got to be hypothetically or theoretically got to be a possible way for somebody to memorize every word that the Bible claims that Jesus said and try to practice them totally like so I would say I guess what I'm saying is like the cherry picking nature of it must not be what disqualifies it from uh from a real from a real worthwhile tradition necessarily have you heard Jesus's love Jesus is love. Yeah. I have heard that. Yes. Have, you, have
1: you heard people say, "And if Jesus is love, then that's who we need to be. We need to be love." Yes. Okay. So, the Bible teaches that Jesus is the Son of God. Uh, sort of. <laughs> would Would you say that the Bible teaches that Jesus is the Son of God? Not that you believe it, but uh-uh. is, no. Okay. All right. So, generally speaking, this is. Most, most Christians can agree on this part that Jesus is the son of God. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. I I don't, I don't, I don't expect you to. I know. I'm just, I'm just generally speaking about Christians. I know. Most Christians will say that Jesus is the son of God. Okay. So then you take that a little bit further. Most Christians will say that not only Jesus is the son of God, but he's also the, he's also the second person of the Trinity. Which is a three person makeup of one God, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. So I'm not expecting you to agree with me on all this. We don't have to go into all this, but I'm I'm, I'm making a point, okay? So if Jesus is love, but he's also God, okay? Just draw on the lines, okay? Then he's not only love. Jesus is also just. Jesus is also merciful. Jesus is also gracious. Jesus is also all these other attributes. So when somebody says Jesus is love, yeah, the Bible says God is love. Okay, that, that's great. But He's not only love, right? But everything He does is rooted in love. But just because you practice justice doesn't mean you love someone less. So it's like a judge can judge somebody as a human being and like pass a pass a pass a punishment, okay, in in a court of law. That doesn't mean he thinks of them any less. That doesn't mean that he can't love that person. But there are consequences for actions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that jump on the Jesus is love train and the Jesusism world, they like to say, "Well, Jesus wouldn't send anybody to hell because he's love." And it's like, that's 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 one thing that you're that whether intentionally or not. And this may make me sound like a prick. I don't know, but. Some people are offended by that word, but Jesus is, is, does everything in love and he is love, but that does not change the fact that there are consequences for actions.
0: And so, yes, I mean, I think we're a little off. I think we're seeing it. We're seeing, we're seeing the subject slightly differently because I think what I'm trying to say is I agree with that. I agree right. with the fact that plenty of people, and I don't think it's just—I'm—I'm I'm taking that one example of theology and kind of like taking it, uh, abstracting it as our way to take apart uh, the, uh, the maybe theology, theology in general. I don't know. Right. I don't know why I'm focused on that one, but the point—I don't know if it is that. I, like maybe Jesus. it is, but the point is, any other theology could also have people in it that like cherry pick things in that same way that. That habit on people's part of cherry-picking things that f- suit the way they see things isn't exclusive to one particular type of theology. Hmm. So all I'm saying is it can't be used—the that that the way that it's used by people can't disqualify it as a legitimate theology as it compares to others, because like, there's people who are Calvinists or people who are any of the other assorted ones that I don't know what they are, but right. the ones that you listed off that uh, that— I'm sure do the same exact thing, you know, so it doesn't speak to the theology so much as it does the person.
1: Right. And that's not necessarily, that, that's, that's also not necessarily to say that I've got it all figured out. Right. Um, my, my, cause, cause if you, if you, if you worship God, if you study the Bible, if you study God, then you, then you, then you practice theology. Theology is just the study of God. When you adopt a theology, then you're adopting a certain set of, Beliefs in a study of God. Okay.
0: Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I think so.
1: Okay. So Calvinism is a certain set of things that John Calvin and a few others throughout, you know, since the Reformation have said, okay, these are what we believe God is and what God isn't. And there's still room to to debate, but more or less, this is what... This is what we believe God is and God isn't, and, and we derive this from Scripture. Arminianism, same thing. Molinism, same thing. They all have their things. And so instead of, and this is where the black sheep thing comes in, because if you meet a lot of people like like me and a lot of the people that, that I associate with, we don't have a chosen theology because we find that there's issues with all of them. And holding to it's 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 like you are and 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 I don't know I don't know how much you've discussed this on your podcast already, but it's like your issues with ideologies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so you see Christianity as an ideology of itself, mm-hmm. which you know there there's room for debate on that. But I think that there is I think that your issues with ideologies within Christianity can be more targeted toward the isms in Christianity than necessarily Christianity as it is as a whole. Okay. Um, because the isms are far more stringent and rigid in their thinking and saying, well, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not part of this, you're not, you're not an ist. Yeah. You're not part of an ism. And it's like, well, there's, I'm not going to get everything right, but I'm not going to, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to go to one sect and say, this is completely 100% right. Right. So I'm going to jump on this and then anybody else who believes differently is wrong. Mm-hmm. There's pros and cons to every of them, uh, all of them, but I'd much rather not align myself with one of them because of the implications. And this is about the, it goes back to the alien question, the implications of what it says about God's character. And so if the logical conclusion of your ism of your theology says something bad about God's character, Different from what the Bible teaches about God's character, which is what where you say that you've derived your theology. Then there's a problem, and if Christians believe in most most of the popular isms they all believe that the that the Bible is without error. Okay, not mm-hmm. not necessarily grammatic or you know missing a letter here or there or whatever like that, but without error in its teachings. Okay, if that's true and you believe something that has a logical conclusion that says something in contradiction of this thing without error, then it's not so much that, well, then you're wrong, at least in a big aspect of what you believe. And so I'd much rather not be in error as much as possible by ascribing myself to a certain sect of theology And I just want to get as close as I possibly can to what the Bible actually says. So whenever somebody makes a claim, it's like when me and you have conversations, when you make a claim necessarily about life or the Bible or all these different things, I'm going to be like, okay, so I'm going to go, I'm going to take that to its logical conclusion. How does it correspond to reality? Or depending on what the subject is, if it's about the Bible, how does that correspond to what the Bible says? all these different things. And I don't think that the Bible says anything that's contradictory of, of reality because it's
0: anyway, you believe it's has no flaws.
1: I, I believe that it is without error mm-hmm. principally in its teachings and in the history that it records all these different things. So, but, but with all these isms, their are logical conclusions. You can always point to something that, it, that it says that is in contradiction of what the Bible says about God's character. And I believe that that's a very, very dicey place to be because then you're relying on man. Then you're relying on man's interpretation of the Bible, not what the Bible actually says.
0: Well, okay. So let's turn it around a little bit to get away from, uh,
1: we just, we just, we just just got a lot of people.
0: Oh, it's, I mean, it's a good, it's fine.
1: (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to share this on online now.
0: (laughs) You don't got to. I'm going to. I hope you will. I don't Um, mind making people mad. Like. Let's get it to—let's twist it around a little to involve, like, the atheistic perspective. Okay. So, uh, so that same problem, I think, exists, and in, in, that's the problem that we found each other in, or whatever. It's like, Christians, I think, would say, we take what the Bible says, we it, we interpret it as if it's, like, it's literally— true the way that it's like the way that it's been translated down to to what it is it represents literal truth and i think the atheistic tradition as of late as of like the last decade or two has been all right we'll do that too but we'll like we're gonna do that very seriously we're gonna we have no bond we have nothing we have no commitment to any theology We we have no commitment to the idea that god is a nice person or whatever a nice entity so we're going to be really brutally honest about what we conclude here. And I mean, I think I know that you wrestle with these things. I know a lot of Christians probably don't look at this stuff, but like there's a lot of compelling evidence provided by critical atheists that take that same practice of what you're doing, commit themselves to questioning or like commit themselves, commit all of their attention to the question of how authentically true, how historically and literally true is the Bible. And they come to entirely different conclusions, which is obviously where apologetics comes in sometimes. But there's a question there. It's like, I know that you don't hate atheists or like wish that they weren't doing this, but there's there's a problem there. It's like there's not one conclusion being reached that we can say this explains this this issue that maybe makes the Bible look like it's it isn't. Historically accurate, or it isn't scientifically accurate, or it isn't physically accurate, or whatever. So, like, the question there is, how can the Christian tradition claim to be fixated necessarily on, like, the truth of these claims, rather than the desire for these claims to be true, when there's, like, there's plenty of instances where there's not really hard arguments to be made against these like these criticisms that atheists tend to provide
1: so are you are you are you was it freud that said that religion is wish fulfillment uh
0: i think i think it's well that sounds like something he would have said yes
1: <laughs> yeah um i mean that's that, that's that's a very broad statement so yeah i mean it, it and i okay so let me let me say this Uh, Hitchens had a lot of fun things to say.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I agree with his criticisms, of some of his criticisms, excuse me, (laughs) of organized religion. Um, did he make sound arguments against Christianity? Not very regularly. He had a, he had a, um, he had a personal issue with, uh, people that claimed God. Mm-hmm. Which I have personal issues with people that claim God all the time, so I can completely relate to something like that um and and he had issues largely with um a it's 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 funny he had a lot of large issues with the Catholic Church, oh yeah. And he had a lot of large issues with, and he never really articulated this very much, but it was mentioned in his book, God is Not Great, um, with Calvinistic teachings. Hmm. Um, so a lot of what I found with new atheists, just because, you know, that's the term for them, um, is that they have issues with claims made about the Bible that are specific to groups of people like catholics or calvinists or armenians and everything like that and then they have um then they understand an interpretation of the bible from those people that misses the mark and i'm not saying that to discount their to discount their issues but i i think that if they would have targeted their arguments to the people that they were speaking to many times um then their claims would have made a lot more sense because you're not going to talk to William Lane Craig like kitchens did and go after him on catholic doctrine when William Lane Craig is fully protestant like he he doesn't he he, he does, he's not a catholic Sure. Um, so you are attacking his Catholicism, but he's not a Catholic. It's like a, a girl the other day attacked um, Matt Walsh as an evangelical Christian, but Matt Walsh is a Catholic. So you you need to make sure that your that your um, arguments are pointed in the right direction at the right people. Mm-hmm. And what I found with a lot of those things, and you can be more specific with with you know the claims that you are speaking about, um, and I want you to, but that's where I think a lot of the issues and a lot of the conversations fell apart. Yeah. Because there was a lot of attacking things that the people on the other side in the other chair didn't believe.
0: Yes, I yeah. I I see that in some of those cases. In some of those cases, uh, yeah. In particular in his like more American tours where he was talking to Protestants, yeah. it was like he would he would talk about Islam and Catholicism a lot and that was I think for him
1: and rabbinic culture in New York City,
0: which was Sure, sure. And That's I think so I think for him it was more like he was putting his perspective out there and, mm-hmm. and whatever. And it's like, I don't know. It's fine. It's just yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But so let's get more specific. Okay. Just take the book of Genesis, take your pick of gospels, but particularly like the 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 later written ones where Jesus like comes back to life and stuff. And if you want to take like revelation or something, you can do that. Um you could just take those three books. You could take where we come from, who Jesus was, and well, where we where where we come from, where we're headed, but also not just who Jesus. Yes, the whole thing about whether Jesus was God or a God, whether he died and came back to life, and also whether he, uh, you know, like whether these uh, these alleged eyewitness accounts of his life are actually that. You know, uh, you I mean you can you can pick where we start but any of that stuff i think is what i'm talking about when it comes to the atheistic the, the new atheistic tendency to take those three books as a case study and say let's let separate all this stuff from the mythology that we've been raised to believe it through and let's ask the question how old is the earth did evolution happen did these did these authors of these books actually see jesus uh is there any reason to think that revelation like the the apocalypse is going to unfold this way that's the that's the problem that we that's the problem that that's the way that atheists have been trying to participate in the conversation on the same playing field asking the same questions but without the assumptions of affirmation
1: i think this is turning into my show this this is what we
0: talk about on my show (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, no,
1: no, no um no so yeah i mean we can we can we can we can talk about any of those and some of those are in my wheelhouse, some of them aren't. So if you want to be specific, I just—because I, I know that there are specific claims that were made by the New Atheist within those three books that I can't just answer and nilly so I just need to—
0: So pick between a gospel or a Genesis
1: But I, I, I don't know the question like what, what I know is the I mean question? I'm
0: saying the, the question will come with whichever okay, one you let's, pick. Okay, let's let's just go with Genesis. Okay, I just I just
1: finished studying that a few weeks ago.
0: Cool. So let's take Genesis. Okay. Um, Christians the, the, again, the question is Christians claim to believe in biblical truth, like what's true about the Bible, because the the assumption is that what's true about the Bible is true about reality, as you laid laid out. So atheists have been taken on the same challenge. What's true about Genesis? Is it true that the earth is, this is this is the starting point of history for the earth and that it's only this amount of time old? Is it true that Adam and Eve were the first people? Is it true that Noah's Ark took place at all? All these things. I guess the question I'm putting forward to you is when we're talking about truth, how are we going to assume that looking at truth through the, what I would call bias, the belief that the Bible needs to be true, like the outcome of the, conclu- the conclusion you need to reach is that God exists and that the Bible is true. How is it, working with that assumption more honest intellectually than like the atheistic desire to say these things aren't consistent with what we know on a scientific level about the world?
1: Okay. So I still haven't heard a specific question. So so are you asking me to to um explain how I how I believe like a statement is true like and a specific statement in Genesis is true or are you asking me to explain how Genesis like like all the evidence that points, that I believe points to, like all every single event, basically within the within the first couple hundred years of Genesis, is true. Because those are those are different questions.
0: I think what I'm trying to do is, and and you're right, I'm not asking the question very pointedly. What I'm trying to do is. I'm reveal, not calling you
1: out. I think this is great. What I'm this try- is helping me. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I'm
0: trying to do is like reveal what I think of as an inconsistency or, or like something false about this whole problem that okay, you and so, I have been in for so, so long. So
1: point at one specific thing you think is false.
0: All right. Um, let's just start from the beginning. Okay. Creation. If your approach to creation is I'll make a truth claim instead of a question. Okay. If your approach to creation to to the question of whether the creation story is true or not, if your approach is my conclusion needs to be consistent with like, what I have been taught is biblically correct. I think that that is biased and not not as likely to produce a true conclusion so much as it is a theological conclusion. Whereas I think the atheistic skepticism approach right. of saying, I'm going to trust the idea that, that science has produced worthwhile knowledge by way of the, the theory of evolution and also dating the world. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to believe those are more well founded than the literal interpretation of the Christian creation story. That's what I think is more likely to be true. I, I'm saying this as myself. That's what I think is more likely to produce something true than it is to maintain uh, like allegiance to the, the the theological ladder that that's like created out of all these things. Am I wrong about that?
1: Okay, so are you asking if Genesis 1... I'm not I'm not avoiding the question. I'm trying to completely... Because this is the problem that you have with me in some of our conversations, to where I'll say things and then you'll be like, okay, let's bring it in, let's bring it in, let's bring it in. Okay, are you asking how I can believe Genesis 1 and 2 are true? Or are you asking what I believe about Genesis 1 and 2 are true as far as the creation account goes? And I, is that based on my assumption, how I was raised, or... Is that, like, based in, like, you know, or, or, and, and why does that differ than what science? Can we at least agree that scientists say things, not science?
0: Well, science isn't a personality, I agree.
1: R- okay, yeah, okay, yeah.
0: cool. But you'd have to say that about the Bible, too, I guess.
1: Well, the Bible actually says things, though, like...
0: The, well, yeah, the, I guess, you, the book, well, yeah. the, it's semantic, because, like, there's scientific papers well there's the
1: scientific process yeah. which is what most people are talking about in their scientific papers yes but scientists are the one you're yeah you're right you're right, yeah. you're right
0: um yes we can say that
1: i'm really still not avoiding the question because i know that a lot of people are like why did you just answer the question i'm still trying to figure Do you out think exactly you understand
0: what, the question
1: i'm still trying to figure out exactly what your question is it's about
0: bias Okay. It's about the Christian bias. So it's bias. not about
1: creation, it's about the Christian bias.
0: That's why I offered multiple okay. different examples right. of like, yeah, you yeah. could pick any of these books, the bias is still going to be there. And the bias is, I believe things that support the conclusion that I have, which okay. is that the Bible is true. Right. Whereas people who don't have the faith, and you can call them atheists or agnostic or people of a different faith. Non-believers. Non-believers of this particular belief. Yeah. They are saying, there's, I, there are arguments that exist that, cause a problem in believing this. And so, I think knowing you as a truth seeker, I'm I'm trying to understand how you can express believing that you're pursuing truth but also like being determined to come to one particular conclusion without that whole skeptical side in there.
1: Okay. So, you're asking how I can I can figure out truth. And so, as it relates to creation, the Bible claims this thing happened, and then I have to piece together: Is that true? What part of it is true? How, how do I interpret this correctly? How does it correspond to reality? All these different things.
0: We're getting there. Yeah.
1: Okay, we're getting we're we're so close. We're, we're so, so close. close. Good thing we have plenty of time.
0: Last thing I'll say, and then just take the reins. Yeah. The question, I think, as we as we talk, it becomes more clear. I see a difference in what I think what you would call biblical truth versus actual truth. And I think some biblical truths are not supported by the evidence. Gotcha. That's what it's all about. And it's like, the question is for Alan, like, are you aware? Do you agree that what's more important to you is like biblical truth that helps sustain your belief rather than potentially actual truth?
1: Right. Okay. So you make a distinction between truth and biblical truth. Mm-hmm. And I think that biblical truth is yet another truth. Like it's, it, truth is the umbrella for everything that's true. It sounds redundant. You don't, you know, define a word with you know variation of its word. But you know, right? So truth. So 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 we're on the so we're on the same page, and so we we got to define the terms here. Okay. Truth is that which corresponds to reality.
0: You can, I think that's functional for what we're talking about. Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Cool. Yeah. Because I don't want to. I don't want to. You know. D- 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 yeah. Because if we're speaking specifically of biblical truth, that's fine. Yeah. But that's that's a that's a it's, it's a different part of the same conversation.
0: Yes, and we both know there are other definitions of truth that we could we could work at, like we could right. think about. There's but different isms. In this case, yeah. what we're mm-hmm. talking about, yes, is like what is what is consistent with reality. It's this is consistent with reality.
1: Okay. Cool. All right. So, do you have a problem with specifically the six days that Genesis talks about? And I say days like this. Um do you have a problem with the six days that Genesis talks about? Um or do you um have a problem with the uh you know, in the beginning for Genesis one, one in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Um, so cause, cause we can either have a problem with the, the creation story as it is, or God being the one that created.
0: Sure. I, I don't think I care because okay. again, by using I, this same issue would, it would exist among three different books. So it's not, I, I don't personally have an issue with anything. I won't say that. I'm sure that in any issue that we can get specific with, we could battle that out. The question is what produces the truth. Okay.
1: All right. I don't think anything produces the truth. And either that's me misunderstanding your question or me answering
0: the question. What approach to the issue can lead you to the truth? Well,
1: you have, it, there there's a claim made and you have to test it to see if it's true to see if it corresponds to reality. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you have to look for a few things. One, it has to correspond to reality. Okay. All right, but then there's other things that a claim has to, there's other truth tests that, that that it has to pass in order to be functional as truth, to be acceptable. I'm not necessarily believable because a lot of people don't believe truths. Like, I was a liar for a really long time, and a lot of people believed what I said, but that didn't make anything that I said true. It was A lot of what I said was a lot. So there's just tests that these things going to have to go to, they have to go through. So um, first you want to look at logical consistency. Then you want to look at empirical adequacy. And then you want to look at experiential relevance.
0: Experiential relevance. I don't think I understand that one.
1: Okay. So experiential relevance, um, how does it apply to the human condition, basically?
0: All humans? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How does it apply to the human condition?
1: Yeah, experiential relevance is what the claim is, is. Is the claim being made, does that have anything to say about the human condition, like objectively?
0: Okay, so that is part of assessing the truth about something yes. for you.
1: Yeah, and then, and then ultimately does it actually correspond with reality? Because something can be logical, but that doesn't mean that it's true or real something that can be empirical but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily true or real because like there can be a story in a book like paralandra and it's true within the pages of that book
0: right 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 okay and there's
1: evidence within that story to support
0: itself that's what i mean about like understanding that there are different ideas of what truth is that we can mess with and i'm Down with that! That's the part where I would probably agree with you the most about all the all the stuff where we actually overlap. But like I said, what I'm trying to get to the bottom of is taking the literal approaches that I think more fundamentalists or more like traditional Christians take, and the fact that so many atheists have now, uh, you know, over the last the atheists that we're familiar with, they took that same script. They said we'll play the literal game. It will we'll interpret the whole Bible literally. And that's where the problems, I think, have seemed to, to reveal themselves because it's like the application of, this, of the book of Genesis is one thing that you and I could probably have a lot of common ground about. Yeah. It's the literal belief. It's the belief that literally the way that it's described is the way that it has unfolded. That's specifically, I think, about the correspondence with reality and by reality we mean history historicity we mean the past what has already taken place the question is are you more likely to reach the the right conclusion by approaching that question about the literal truth of it with the conclusion already embedded into the problem that you that that the answer has to produce a belief in god and it has to continue a trust in the belief in god versus approaching it with skepticism, approaching it with trying to disprove it, basically.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that going through those truth tests, the logical consistency, the empirical adequacy, the experiential relevance, and then does it correspond to reality, Mm -hmm. I think that going through those, um, everybody has bias, Eh, whatever. Everybody knows this. We all have a bias. But if you're honestly seeking the truth, like you pointed out that I'm trying to do, and I believe that you're trying to do, I just have a, I think I have a more structured way of doing it than you do. And that's not a, you know, hit on you. That's just, yeah. I've, that's just the conversations we've had. Um, I think that really trying to figure out is something true. I think that's, that's the kicker. Because a lot of people are like, well, the Bible says it's true, so therefore it's true. And well, why do you believe that? Because I have faith. Well, it's okay, well you don't understand a few things. <laughs> um the Bible isn't true just because it says it's true. Right. Just like, my name's Alan, but that's not because I just said my name is Alan. It's just like you can say yeah. certain things about yourself that are not true. But suddenly you said them and now they're true. That's not how that works. Same thing that you can you can dive into with bio you can apply these same tests to biological claims, and you can still come to the truth of the matter. Now, with everything, with every claim you can pass all these tests, there is still an element of okay, I there is no way I can have all of the answers to all of the questions. But can I get to a certain point in these tests, in my beliefs, in putting together all the evidence to where the most logical conclusion that I can come up with is that this is true? You have to come to a certain point once you have everything, come to a certain point, and there has to be a leap. That's why it's called a leap of faith, but not in the disparaging way that's just like, you know, I think Hitchens at certain points is just like, oh, of course you had a leap of faith, you know, put back the greasy hair. It's great. <laughs> but there's just like somehow leap of faith is disparaging. Well, a scientist is not going to have every single little thing that he needs to make a objective conclusion about a certain thing. He he's we're never gonna know every little thing, but we can get enough information to make a correct conclusion. We can be wrong on itty bitty pieces, not have all the facts, but we can still find truth.
0: Well I don't think I'm not trying to take away anything from anything you've just said because I you know I'm fine with a lot of it. Two things. One I don't think that I never find it useful to compare the way that people have faith to the scientific method as if there's anything in common between the two.
1: Well, that's, but, but that's the miss, but that's, that's what I was trying to point out is that faith is misunderstood.
0: Yeah. Which I'm I, fine with that. And I think that yeah. the second part is what I notice is I think the skepticism side of it is this like innocent until proven guilty kind of attitude. It's like, the burden of proof is on Christians, you know, like you have to, uh, we're not believing this until you provide sufficient evidence, you know, that's like literal hardcore evidence. Now that we know what science is, you must prove it scientifically, which is just unnecessary to, to, you know, to
1: mildly redundant.
0: Yeah. 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 But, uh, I noticed with people who, who have a faith, it's sort of like it, they, it is this process of being like we're trying to entertain what's possibly true. This is a, a, a phrase that a friend of mine uses a lot, like what's possibly true, and it's like testing if it's possibly true, almost like using it as a lifestyle or something. And then if it works, then you do that. And I'm not trying to simplify faith down to like exactly what I just said, but well, that's
1: relativism. Relativism. That's not. It's not truth seeking. Yes, if it but works, I mean, do it. That's not. It's not.
0: Yes, true, but like, oh God, that does make it a lot harder for us to continue the conversation because, like, <laughs> it.
1: <laughs> Welcome to me and Tyler's conversations, ladies and gentlemen.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's a real show now. Surely, I mean, I know that you're the way that you see the world. There, mu- that complicates it quite a lot that you just said that because, like. I know you're not somebody who's trying to eradicate all other faiths from the world, and you're somebody who's struggling with this on a more hands-on way, where you're actually coming to re- like conclusions, and you're really deeply involved in it. For a lot of people, though, I think it is about it is sort of relative. It is sort of like you live a functional model within society for what like a good and then that's life just pragmatism. Is. Yeah, that's pretty much pragmatism for a lot of people, and right. I and I think say what you will, but I mean, I think that's what faith is for a lot of people is just like kind of hedging your bets on the thing that seems to produce the, a good life for you.
1: And I, and I feel sorry for those people.
0: Well then, I mean, that reveals something. It's like, what is beyond that? Cause you were talking about faith. You're talking about kind of acting on faith, but then are you, what is the opposite of it? Then why do you feel sorry for those people? Do you feel like you have more of a literal, certainty about it
1: i don't don't feel sorry for people in that way um i feel sorry for people that they go through faith i mean they go not faith they go through life pragmatically why Because it's like if it's just functional what is the point
0: i don't think it i mean it's really hard to have a functional life for a lot of people
1: no i'm saying but if you're saying okay well this works so this is what i'm going to do Mm -hmm. what's the point just because it works Think about that's, that but because what what's the meaning behind it? Like if it works, that's fine. Do it. I, I have no problem with things working and so doing them. That's that's fine. That's literally what jobs are. Yeah. Um. Like I have a job. I'm going to do it. Pays the bills. You got to You got to work to earn money to put food on the table. Pragmatic.
0: OK. But what I mean, the 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 issue is. It's not just work. It's like, it might be prosper. Okay. It might be survive. So you could take either of those words, either prosper or survive, which I think pragmatism in its way. Well,
1: survival of the fittest is completely pragmatic.
0: Sure. But I mean, what, like, I think we have, I've been playing with an idea that we have like two, part of the whole dynamic between like a binary kind of way of, of uh, understanding balance in the world two of these forces that are involved is like prosperity and survival. And I would say that pragmatism results in prosperity and survival. It results in like a balance between those two things usually. So when you think of something like an alcoholic, alcoholism works in a lot of ways because it like numbs your pain or something. It might like take you away from the things that you don't want to be a part of. It might work according to some metrics. And that's, but,
1: that, that's good. You put the quotations on it. Right, right, right. Work is that, that's, well, see that then it just goes back to the relativism thing.
0: Right. Oh, that's what I mean. Yeah. So it works according to some metrics, but the metrics might be off and they might not be using those two words. I, I offered uh survival or yeah, prosperity. Cause,
1: cause, cause alcoholism works for, for people that aren't dead yet.
0: Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, what i'm saying again is i think a different way to understand pragmatism is not just that cuz you could argue that if 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 an addict uses some kind of justification to say alcoholism works i'm still alive right now aren't i if it's not producing uh life and it's not producing prosperity i would argue that that it's not pragmatic And so it might be the case that pragmatism doesn't just produce sustainability in the current situation, but prosperity and survival for the future. So in that way, I would say there's nothing to feel sad about with pragmatism unless you feel like something I've said is kind of off the mark.
1: Well, it's it's funny that you say off the mark because sin is missing the mark. Right. Um, But uh, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to want to prosper or survive right my question is if that's your goal then what's the point to prosper and survive yeah kind of why
0: that's what we're that's what we're in that's what what uh, what that's what it means to be alive as far as i can tell
1: okay so to prosper and survive
0: yeah, I mean, that's, I think, like I said, I think that's two of the deepest forces in us. I think like, you you had mentioned JP's book, like, I think prosperity is connected to chaos is connected to liberalism is connected to femininity. And I think that uh, survival is connected to order is connected to conservatives, conservatism is connected to uh, masculinity, and so on. Like, I think that's the that's the binary thing that we're, that is supposed to be in balance. That's that's what I've been talking about.
1: So that's where you would find yourself.
0: That is what I'm saying is like a description of when you, when you say like, what is all this for or whatever with those two words, that's what I'm talking about. It's like these, these forces in the world that we are, we have no choice by being alive, but to maybe figure out in our lives, our own personal and our, our social balance with these forces, you know, in our lives so when you ask what pragmatism is for, that's what I'm saying. I I think of pragmatism as almost like it's how you it's how you survive life. It's how you like live life for a while before you can't anymore.
1: Gotcha. Earthly speaking,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't think anybody that believes the Bible um, is really worried about prospering or surviving. You don't think so not really why you say that because um, if you are working to prosper and if you're working to survive goes back to my question a few minutes ago why why are you trying to prosper why are you trying to survive what is the point of prosperity and survival it's it's to prosper and survive
0: What's okay. the opposite?
1: Well, I mean, meaning. There's there's no meaning in merely prospering and merely surviving. It's just merely prospering and merely surviving.
0: Well, meaning isn't the opposite of prosperity and no, survival. No, I, I,
1: I think it definitely would be, because there's no there's no point to either of those things without it. So there's no foundation for either of those things. So So where do you derive meaning in your like not i mean generally speaking i'm not saying you hold that but i'm saying if somebody is just trying to prosper and survive why what's the point what are you trying to accomplish just prosperity and survival okay well i mean that's great it's functional It, it, it keeps money in your bank account relatively speaking and it keeps you know your blood flowing but, why do you want to prosper and survive just to have money in your bank account and just to keep your blood flowing like there has to be a point to to both of those things, or else there's no point in prospering, there's no point in having a bank account, and there's no point in keeping your blood flowing
0: again, I still say the opposite I would think of a more accurate way of and not necessarily, maybe conceptualizing, maybe it's not the opposite maybe yeah, it's conceptualizing the opposite, the opposite yeah. of. I mean, think about—no, this, but it's relevant, though, because, I yeah. mean, if you think about the opposite of prosperity and survival, the opposite is death and suffering. So, like, is it not meaningful but what's to wrong try to avoid death and suffering? Would you choose death and suffering?
1: Well, if if there's only prosperity and survival, then what's wrong with death and suffering?
0: Would you choose death and suffering? Well, no. that's Then that's all the reason you need to prefer— survival but I and have prosperity. Reasons for
1: it so why wouldn't you choose death and suffering because you'd rather prosper and survive
0: yeah i mean why? that's that's because you don't want to die and suffer yeah i mean i don't understand what's that's complicated what a circle looks that. like
1: you're answering the first question with the second and so on
0: i mean there why do you why do you eat
1: because i like food and well, i and i'm and i'm hungry sometimes and
0: yeah yeah so that would be that would create the same circle. It doesn't mean anything to say that there's a circle. Yeah, but I
1: don't, I don't, I don't correlate. I, I, <laughs> <Yeah. swear. laughs> I do not correlate those to the basic function of life. Like I need food to survive. Mm-hmm. I need food to live. Those are things that I need. But I don't need prosperity, and I don't need necessarily to fight for survival. The other option is death and suffering, and no, I wouldn't
0: like that. But now you do need to not die if if, like you're going to be alive. Right. Same way. I mean, but, but, but that's, but that's what I'm saying. You said you need to eat, but you don't need to eat if you just are happy to die. Right. And it's the same thing. But what's
1: wrong with dying if the only other option is survival?
0: I'm not, I'm not saying there's necessarily something wrong with dying.
1: Well, I'm saying that survival and death, they can't be just it. You see what I'm saying?
0: Uh-uh. Okay. So, I don't understand why this is a problem. <laughs> it makes there, no sense to me. Because there that,
1: has to be some meaning to it. No, behind. You're,
0: you're saying that there has to be meaning, but like a lot of people feel like they don't have meaning in their life. Okay. They're, meaning is not a necessity. So, like, uh, that kind of throws well, out it the is. problem.
1: Why do you want to survive so you don't die? Why do you, okay.
0: I, I'm my, all for meaning, by the way.
1: Right, but. right. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. so So, let's say I want to die. Let's say I want to die. My wife is pregnant with her first kid. Yay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, before that, I'm married, obviously, but I couldn't find a reason to live. I was just like, I just want to die. So I was just nihilistic and everything. There's no point, even though I'm married, even though my wife loves me, I'm trying to love her. But really, I don't have anything to live for. But But then, let's say I'm the prime breadwinner in my family. And my wife can take care of herself, but then my wife gets pregnant, then she can't go to work, hypothetically speaking, okay? Then there's another life. So my wife, by herself, could take care of herself. But then taking care of another person suddenly adds meaning to my life. That can't take care of themselves. It's not just me. It's not just a purely functional thing. Like, I can see, I can see, and I'm not, again, knocking on you, just, Illustration: You up here, cabin by yourself. Prosperity and survival works for one person. Uh, I don't. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work for the human race. It, do, it like that. That philosophy is untenable for the human race. A, fear, a what pure, philosophy.
0: What do you mean that? Because a, a purely
1: my, pragmatic lifestyle is not untenable for the human race.
0: Man, I gotta disagree because it's not that meaning has to be apart from it. Like meaning might very well be a part of prosperity, so I'm not disclude I'm not excluding meaning from the whole like whole painting, but again, I mean, for the way I understand uh, pragmatism is 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 pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty it it pretty it's pretty not functional. to speak too
1: highly of pragmatism, but
0: it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, I mean, it works, right? I mean, think about. I'm just. I'm trying to think of like. I'm trying to think of examples where I couldn't use this perspective to inform it and again if you think of i don't know like some some homeless person who's like strung out and who's still alive it's like you don't say i i, I, don't, I assume you well, don't. they're definitely not prospering no that's what i mean like in they're our barely minds, surviving that's what i mean in our minds we wouldn't be like man if they They should really like give up on the surviving part and just accept that they're not prospering. So just stop surviving. I think usually when we see those people, we we are frustrated because we're like, man, get out and prosper. Like, like try to find prosperity and like, like, man, I wish for the best for you, but, and you may be
1: using prosperity interchangeably with meaning.
0: I think it includes a lot of things. And I, like I said, I think meaning can be in there, but like, I just think even making enough money to like, enjoy parts of your life i think which that might in fact be attached to meaning like having enough security to enjoy have some leisure in life i think is a part of it
1: yeah i just i just i i I just have a the reason i feel sad for people that just want to prosper and survive is because what does prosperity look like well it's different for every person what does survival look like? Well, using your 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 um, example of a strung out drug addict, it looks different for every person. Like you're ba- barely hanging on isn't necessarily survival. It just well, I mean, I said that, that in yeah, yeah. the
0: in my argument too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like so that's a behavior that's eventually going to kill you, right? So I wouldn't but, call that surviving.
1: But prosperity doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be any better at survival. So it it, it just I, I I'm. I feel sad for people that don't have a reason for either of those things other than that's just what works and that's what they need to do. That's yeah. Why, that's why I feel sad because I'm just like, well, don't, don't you want more out of life? Don't you want like, don't you want a reason to be prosperous? Don't you want a reason to survive other than just yourself? Because if it's just purely one person thinking about their own prosperity and survival, that again, survival of the fittest, like I said, is, 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 Purely pragmatic. Okay, if that's the only reason you're doing it, well, that's great for you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that there's any meaning to your life other than prosperity and survival. And that's why I feel sad for those people. Not, I don't, I don't think any less of them. I just wish that they'd find, like, you know, a, a purpose for their life because. If somebody's super prosperous, like let's say Jeff Bezos, okay? He's he's super prosperous, right? What's he doing with his life? Is that it? He's one of the richest men in the world, one of the richest men in the world? Is that it? Let's say let's say he wants to go to the moon or Mars or wherever he wants to go with his peanut-shaped rocket, okay? That's fine. Why? Just do it for the advancement of humanity. Okay, that's great. That's great. You, you, you're, you're, you're. There's a purpose behind what you're doing, but if he's just earning money just to prosper as an individual, or just to survive as an individual, then there's there, then that selfishness. That's purely that's that self-aggrandizement, if you will. Okay, and what I'm saying is meaning like. What's the point if you're only living for yourself?
0: I guess I just don't see the problem the way you do in terms of like pragmatism being necessarily focused on yourself. Because again, part of prosperity might be a lot of selflessness. I don't know. But let me. Well, That's why the
1: prosperity gospel sucks.
0: Well, this started with us talking about other faiths, and I said, you know, there are people of other faiths, and you, you talked about relativity. There are people of other faiths who also believe that, like, their faith, which is different than yours, it might be, uh, it might be a Muslim or a Jewish person or whoever, uh, they might believe, like, they wouldn't say. They might use the same confident language that you would to describe your faith and their relationship with it. But it also might be the case that from an outsider perspective, accepting this thing into their life is functional in their life. It like helps them pursue. I would, I mean, I, I honestly think that Christianity helps pursue, especially the way that it's been modernized to be understood now, helps pursue a long life and prosperity. Like, and that includes charity. That includes like giving to the poor and stuff like that. That's, I would put that all under the umbrella of what it means to have a prosperous life. One that you're, you do you know you do well enough that you can give to other people but also that you you live that you don't like just stay drunk all the time and like you know do things that are super dangerous or unhealthy or whatever i think that there's i think that pragmatism is underneath all that stuff and so i guess i just don't understand the maybe default assumption you might have that like if we describe maybe our relationships with religion as pragmatic, that it's like lacking the meaningful part of the selfless part.
1: Right. Well then, like I said, that's why prosperity gospel sucks.
0: What is prosperity gospel?
1: Prosperity gospel is, um, and, and, and its worst form is give money to the ministry and God will bless you. So if you send money, I'll send you a prayer napkin and that way I can afford my private jet now God's happy because more people are going to be able to hear exactly what I just told you. That's prosperity gospel. They're saying whatever you do for this ministry or for God is going to benefit you tenfold.
0: Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: So there's a problem with that. But then there's also a problem with social gospel, which is just a different version of that, which is do good for all these people and it will benefit you. Okay? Gospel means good news. So all you're saying is the social good news, the prosperous good news. All these different things. But it's just like do good for your neighbor and you'll be alright. Do good for this ministry and you'll be alright. Do good for God and you'll be alright. This is what the, this is what the teachings are. Surface level, it's like, okay, yeah, but there's literally no difference between those three things and karma. And that's why I don't think that karma makes any sense because then you're just trying to send good things out into the world in hopes that you'll get good things back, and if you do something wrong, well then crap you're gonna get bad things back, but that's what made my name is Earl such a funny show, okay, <laughs> which is you know one of the funniest comedies ever, but it's like you know it it's 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 the law of attraction to some extent, it's manifestation to some extent, it's like okay, so all these different things, if you're just doing those things so that way you're better, then ultimately you're only doing things that are beneficial to you under the guise of doing beneficial things for other people. And that's, that is, that is, how do I say this? Um, not even delicately. Um, that's an abomination of the golden rule. I wonder if, now we can move on to the other religions and stuff like that, but this just, we just, you just, what as you it, said just brought it back. Yeah. As what you, what were you were talking saying, about
0: that, it made me wonder if like the whole idea of doing things to glorify, uh, God or goodness itself or whatever is, is like how that came about to try to actually practice like, uh, what's it called? Altruism. Altruism. Yeah. Um, I don't well, know. The,
1: but 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 then from the Christian perspective, that's called Pietism. Okay, and it's another ism. Yeah, Pietism is okay. Well, let me. Uh, it's either the Pharisees or that's the Sadducees. I can't remember, but but if you read through the New Testament, you'll find a bunch of mentions of both. Right, I can't remember which one it was. Um, I should, <laughs> me being the guy that has the Apologetics podcast, but um, one of them. Um, one of the groups would keep their heads down. I think it was the Pharisees, but I know my buddy Wes is going to correct me if he hears this. Um, I think it was the Pharisees. Uh, they would walk around town and in order to not lust after any women, okay, they would keep their heads down. They would literally walk around like this. Okay. So for, do you have audio on this or just video?
0: What you mean? Oh, like like, a, yeah, like yeah. an audio version? Yeah. Yes. I okay. Do have an so audio for the audio
1: version. listeners, I'm just putting my head down, and so think about it like I'm just walking down the street, not looking at where I'm going, just only looking at my feet. That's what these people would do. Okay, and they were considered some of the most religious people. They were considered some of the most learned people of Judaism. Okay, these were like the rock stars of Judaism. Okay, along with the Sadducees, but these are just a different again ism, right? but they would walk around just staring at their feet in order not to be tempted or lust, or, or lust after any women, period. So they walk around, and they would run into things. They were known for running into things. Mm. And at the end of the day, it was a badge of honor if their head was bleeding. Mm. And they're like, I'm doing this for God. It's like, crap, you aren't, man. Like, no, you're not. You want people to see that you have blood on your head So they can see how religious you are. That has nothing to do with God, except for the fact that you want people to idolize you. So then it's just idolatry, which is what Jordan Peterson calls ideologies. He just calls them idols. Um, That's just then idolatry. And it's not about God, even though the claim is, I'm doing this for God. That's just pietism. It's just being as pious as as following every jot and tittle of the law or whatever you think the rules are to the nth degree, so God will be happy with you. but at the end of the day, you're only trying to meet a standard that you'll never be able to meet, but you want people to look at you and go yeah he's 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 really he's really doing it he's really doing it, and that's the problem that therein lies in with a lot of the the, the the monasteries and everything like that, the the monks that go away to just be as pious as possible within their chosen thing, they're just trying to be pious, and they say, this is for God. Well, God didn't ask you to do everything perfectly. He asked you to do it for them, go out and make disciples, so if you're locking yourself away... And then you throw money at the problem, which you know not all of them do, but if you're locking yourself away and only and, and doing this one thing just for the sake of doing that thing, then it's defeating the purpose it's it it's it's pragmatic, but it's pointless. it serves a purpose, but it really has none ultimately
0: I think the only failure is uh, I do agree with the like the way that the analogy you chose, I understand what you mean,
1: and yeah. Hitchens would have agreed with me too.
0: Yeah, I, I get he had, it. He had a lot of he had a lot of the same problems. Yeah, I get it. I understand what you mean, which is
1: really I I don't agree with every atheist. I just want to remind <laughs> people that,
0: but I think again, it's just it's the it's the assumption that like it just sounds like you're committed to the idea that like the like the meaning that you understand in life is like lacking in other places. And I think that's like probably a wrong assumption because I think a lot of other people find they find a different kind of meaning in a lot of this stuff. Like in some people, I don't understand what some people do with their religious beliefs and why they do it. But so I I do know that like rituals and stuff, I mean, even Christian rituals Mm -hmm. other people who aren't a part of that could look into it. Or even us as modern people could look at some from the past and be like, well, that's what you just did with a, with Judaism, but, um, you know, you can, in
1: Christianity too. I wasn't picking on the Jews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would never pick on the Jews.
0: Right, right, right. But, uh, you can look at like different religious traditions and sure. It's easy for us to say there's no reason for it, but that doesn't mean that there wasn't some sort of like meaning that they derived from it, from their culture, from their whatever, you know? So mm-hmm. I just feel like. We're fixated on something between the two of us that's a question of like whether pragmatism consists of meaning. And I just, I don't agree with the, with the position that pragmatism excludes meaning. Like there can be, it's like, do you, are you saying? Pure pragmatism
1: has no meaning. You're saying pure? Can we agree that pure pragmatism has no meaning?
0: No, I can't. I can't agree with that.
1: Okay. So, so if it's purely functional, then the entire purpose is it, is for it to function.
0: Function isn't without meaning. That's what I'm saying. So, what do you if, define if, as meaning?
1: the 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 ultimate purpose of the thing. For the. how can I can I, how can, I how can I say this.
0: I understand. I think I don't want to interrupt your thought. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah I understand. Yeah. I think what you mean about like if something's purely mechanical, that it's mechanical. So, like if I've got a Blu-ray player, and it plays blu-rays and that's just a function and i get that it in its existence is just a function um
1: well that's what i'm saying pure pragmatism is that's that's what i'm saying is pure that that's why i'm that's why i'm giving you an out here with pure pragmatism because if you only follow pragmatism purely then then there's no meaning it's just whatever works that that's what i'm saying whatever works that's it so if it works also if it works, works. for me to, it Meaning is why you do something. So, so that's
0: it, how you define meaning.
1: Why you do something. Yeah. And, and it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily something that you choose. It could be something that is chosen for you, depending on your belief system, or it could be something that, or it could be something that just is. Okay. So let's say, let's say God for real created humanity. Going back to, to go back to the creation story. Okay. We have Meaning. Because God created us. Like we, meaning is an amalgam of value and purpose.
0: Hold on. You get, okay. Now you're on a different definition. Right. But I'm you saying, meaning for is the Christi- why you do the, something. Right, right. Now you're saying what?
1: Now it's an amalgam of value and purpose. I'm saying for the, for Christianity, if, 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 if you believe Christianity is true, meaning is derived from your creator. Okay. But I'm saying if meaning is not derived from a meaning giver, then it's just why you do something.
0: So that's what it sounds like that's why you take this issue with pragmatism, because you're working with the assumption that meaning is provided by a creator and you that call it can't it be derived otherwise.
1: I, you you call it an assumption, I call it just what it is. See
0: so, but but am I right about that that like you're saying it is it, it it's part of your belief in God that you're saying that meaning has to be has to come from a creator rather than just being like it can't be a part of our natural condition to to seek meaning i'm
1: saying because god exists that's necessarily the case i'm not saying because i believe it that's that's the way it is i'm saying because god exists that's the case
0: yeah i guess that's why uh this uh, uh, that's i mean i had yet to, that's the conclusion that we
1: always come to is that okay well okay now it makes sense because it's just like i believe in god and you don't
0: yeah but i mean like <laughs> there's no reason to say that that like fragment like there's no it sounds like a bit of a a need to exclude pragmatism from say whatever your philosophy about life is because like there's no I don't see any reason just, to say that like pragmatism can't consist But of I'm meaning. taking it
1: to its logical conclusion. That's that I don't what think I do. I'm not though. Right, but are you following the logic of just doing what works to its logical conclusion?
0: Well, again, I was trying to deal with the word "works," and I was saying I, I don't agree with you that like the logical conclusion of pragmatism is to produce the 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 conclusion that or that I don't agree with the the logic what is claimed to be the logical conclusion that pragmatism uh, results in pure function only void of meaning. I don't agree with that.
1: Okay, so divine pragmatism.
0: I did that like I know I just I just want to I want to hear it one more time. Like I said, I think our <laughs> our I think there are I hope somebody's enjoying this. I think there's a binary of of kind of like dominant forces in the world. Okay. I think pragmatism is one word for how we have tried to argue that that there's a balance to be struck between these two things. So just as basically as I can say it, I think pragmatism is a way of existing that produces both life and prosperity. That's what that's what I believe. And I don't believe that prosperity excludes meaning. Nor do I think life excludes meaning. I think meaning can be a part of pragmatism without any effort for me to, to like justify that. Claim so you
1: wouldn't you don't think that you would have to impose meaning in like you would have to infuse meaning into pragmatism. it necessarily exists
0: I mean me personally, I find it a lot more meaningful to be alive than to be dead, and I find it a lot more meaningful to like imagine a life where I'm prosperous and happy and doing well than I do to imagine my worst case scenario so yeah i that that doesn't even require any effort from me
1: well from my perspective as a friend of yours your life is going to have meaning even after you die. If I'm still here and you die, your life is going to have meaning in mine.
0: I'm fine with that. Yeah. So are you saying that that means that if meaning exists, if, if, if somehow meaning in my life can exist separate from my life continuing, that that means meaning is necessarily not a part of pragmatism as defined by me. Okay, I disagree. <laughs> right.
1: Well, because survival and prosperity, death and suffering, you just, you, 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 you said these are two the sides of the, the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying your life has meaning and your death has meaning, but even after your death, your life will have meaning.
0: So, why does that mean that meaning is separate from uh, the idea that I've put forward about pragmatism being? A a a good a good functional way to live, and that like it's it's a that those two things are apart. That pragmatism is separate from the meaning that might be derived during my life.
1: I I put meaning into your definition of pragmatism. How do you mean? Well, I said even if you die, your life has meaning.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So
1: then I lit- I I literally put meaning into your definition of. Pragmatism. I mean, I'm, I'm cause saying because it, it wasn't there. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't outlined. I'm saying. I'm saying. If it's purely functional, that's fine. Whether we agree on it's purely pure function or not, that's fine for you to think and for you to believe. That's that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that there is meaning to your life outside of what you think is just prosperity and survival. So I'm saying it's not just for you. And that I think is what I'm saying is rooted more in what I believe than what you believe. Because for your life to have meaning even after your death, we for your life to have meaning according to your understanding, you have to be alive for it. And I'm saying for your life to have meaning according to what I believe, you have it whether you're alive or dead. Now you have to have lived in order to have meaning, but even after you're gone, you still have meaning. Your existence meant something, and it wasn't just whether you prospered and survived. it was because you were a human being.
0: Well, it depends on what you mean by meaning because you've given like two different definitions well, and-
1: i would, i'm going by I'm going by my definition, which is an amalgam of value and S-
0: value and purpose purpose.
1: I believe that you have value and purpose whether you continue living or whether you die. I believe that you as a person had value and purpose and you still have value and purpose in my life even after you're gone. How can
0: I have purpose in your life if I wasn't alive?
1: There's still things that I'm going to remember about our conversations and about you as a person that are going to teach me things.
0: Well, that's... That's cool but that knowledge that you have in your life still depends on what was cultivated in my time while I was alive and it's that's could be also a part of the the prosperity that i I'm actually have been trying in my life. to help
1: your pragmatism out. That's that's actually what I'm trying to
0: do. That's not what I'm, I'm trying, saying.
1: I know but I'm trying to I'm trying you say that meaning can you say that meaning can be in pragmatism and that's I'm I'm like okay fine. I'm helping you put it in there, but the problem is, the problem is, is that in order for it to be in there, there has to be some meaning given to the life to begin with. I, I, there, there, there just there just has to be, or else you're what do you just, mean, there
0: just has to be. <laughs>
1: no, no, I'm saying there just there there has to be, or else you're prospering and surviving, you and or your death, you're, you're dead and suffer, or suffering. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the value and the purpose in prosperity and survival are death and suffering. Okay. If it's just if it's just like that, okay, it can be it can be the sum of whatever. Okay. If it's just like that, then there has to be some given meaning to any of that, or else it's just what it is. And I'm saying that that's great I'm, I'm i'm trying to give you something from my worldview to help yours out because you can't define meaning in yours
0: why can't i i don't because
1: because because you've tried you said it's there but you haven't actually given any evidence of it so i'm just trying to i'm trying to help you out buddy I don't. To no, I
0: don't think you are. I, I think, actually am. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think you're like. You being, can change
1: the word. I'm being very sincere, actually, because I don't, I, I don't
0: think you're being mean. Yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, and I'm not being condescending. Yeah, I'm just trying to say, okay, here's some building blocks. Change the words of them. Change, change the change, change few words, semantics, whatever, so it doesn't sound so Christian.
0: Well, that's the thing. You can though. Have it's it. like it feels as though. There's peace. I, I get that. I I believe that you think you're trying to help me out, but I think that you are also, it's like, and I'm not necessarily your,
1: just talking to you. I'm talking to them too.
0: I know, but yeah. it's your, it's your worldview. That's like trying to be in your, 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 it seems to me like you're trying to say, this is this part of my worldview would improve it, but that's still like limited to the way that you see it through your perspective. Give me and another my way. My perspective give me doesn't another way. All
1: oh, right. Well, give me another way. That you can have meaning in prosperity, survival, death, and suffering, without what I've just said.
0: All right, like I said, no, I didn't say this, but no, you,
1: you, I was getting ready to say, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, 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 I didn't. <laughs>
0: it, I, I, we hinted on this, but okay, you could take. Sam Sam Harris tried to do this. Can I know? mention one thing? Sure. I want to. I want to
1: talk directly to one of my sisters. I don't practice with you, for Tyler this is our conversations like this is this is this is the way it is this is what we do this, this, this is been doing what we do this for years i know this is, What was is like five years now? i think so and yeah. it's crazy and i and i and yeah so so I, you are not practice you are you are lightweight
0: okay <laughs> you 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 are you are a sparring match compared so, to this <laughs> so sam harris tried to do this at like in whatever in the uk uh they were uh, and and I, I don't know that I, I definitely can't, you know, uh, but I think what we're trying to do is it, Sam Harris speaks on this pretty well. is what I'm trying to say. All I'm saying is like, to me, it is not surprising that our our default as a species is more likely to be suffering and a short life. And that's what we've been trying to defeat for a really long time.
1: To use Sam Harris, though, we also have to give context because he's a complete determinist.
0: Yeah, sure, if you want. So
1: there's no meaning in determinism.
0: Yeah, Sa- I mean, Sam Harris, I don't see things how he does in a lot of ways, but I think he does a good job of talking about the problem of suffering and the I, like making the case that it's just simply self-evident to notice that what we are trying to do is escape suffering and also like have a better longer life if possible and that's all i'm saying too is like it is self-evident that it's better to to not suffer than it is to suffer and to me if you take that further it's better it's better it's self-evidently better or we prefer it more generally speaking to to prosper in our lives than we do to have a miserable time i hate the idea of dying and i want to live as long as i possibly can and I don't want to not be here, you know, so I like you being
1: here too.
0: I like me being here too. Uh, I like you being here. So <laughs> these things, those to, that, that to me is a glimpse at meaning itself, but you can take those things and turn them up to an 11. You can, when we talk about prosperity, I mean, like I've said already, it's one thing to, it's one thing to just say, I want my day to be better than yesterday was, but it's a whole nother thing to create a life where your day is so good that you have enough money, you have enough time, you have enough energy to invest in other people's well being as well. And actually feel like you're making the world a better place. I mean, I think that's a part of prosperity and that is also what we point to a lot of the time to, to tell people, if you want to look for meaning in your life, help other people. If you want to look for meaning in your life, have a good family relationship, situation going on. Those things are meaning. I think those things are also a part of prosperity. And I think in a lot of ways also a part of of staying alive. So that is my case. That's all I'm saying about meaning. It's not that I'm, I I don't think what I'm putting forward even excludes the idea that there's an afterlife or that there's a God or anything like that. All it is simply is just the belief that, that what we can imagine as a, as the best life we can live and pursuing that is meaningful and functional and that and and that's not complicated to me. Does that make sense?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> cool.
1: I'm just going to repeat myself.
0: Okay. Yeah. So you you don't think that what I've just put out expresses any space for meaning within pragmatism. You don't think that there's meaning there.
1: I don't think there's a point in helping people if
0: if if, if what?
1: If 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 you're just If you're, if you're, if you're prospering and surviving, then what's the point of helping people so they can prosper and survive? Why do they, isn't that what, but why do they need to prosper and survive?
0: I mean, isn't that what Christians say that you're supposed to do? Yeah. Like help people? I've
1: explained, I've explained the value that each person has and the purpose that each person has as a created human being, that God created every human being. They are infused with value and purpose. They are infused with meaning. So in, inherently nothing that they do or don't do changes their meaning they have value and they have purpose it has it it has no no bearing on their prosperity or their survival that's why in Psalm 139 when it talks about how a, God forms a baby in a mother's womb right God is God is talking directly to us and saying hey you have value even here, even here, while I'm piecing you together, you have value. You have a purpose, and I love you, and I'm taking the time with you, okay that has nothing to do with how they could die as soon as they as soon as they hit fresh air, before they hit fresh air, somebody could a matter of convenience you know, whatever. we don't even have to get into that, but the point is is that their value and purpose, their meaning. Is directly from conception.
0: So when you say meaning, you mean, well, you already said that, actually. You said pretty much that you're not talking about when people say, I want to have a meaningful life. Mm-hmm. That's a totally different thing than what you're talking Their about. your life already has meaning. Well, you're talking, no, <laughs> because what you're saying is meaning is decided by the entity that created you. So when you say meaning, it's it's like saying, I made a broom for the purpose of sweeping you're saying God makes people for the purpose of something as opposed to the idea that, I mean, it could also be the case that if there's a God that created people, he could have created a situation where he said, I don't give you meaning. You just live a life that you pursue meaning through.
1: He could have, but I mean, there's no evidence for that.
0: Well, there's no evidence for, (laughs) there's no evidence for the alternative either my alternative yeah yeah. well that's what the bible is i i I, okay i think we're gonna have to leave it to the audience to decide where they land and i hope that they choose wisely
1: but that's but that's but 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 then it just goes back to like what the bible says and if the bible is true that's what i'm saying (laughs) and so that that was the original starting point for for where we got to now yeah if it's true then that's what the bible
0: says it's biblically true
1: Exactly. Biblically true. Okay. But, but, but if it's just true in general, okay, if the claims in the Bible are true, if Psalm 139, where God is speaking, okay, through the writer, if that is true, that he took the time with us in the womb in every, in every single thing, then if that's true, then it's true. Whether I, whether, whether I believe it or not, or whether I say it is or not, it's if it's true, it's true. And so, if people have meaning, if they have value and purpose, and it's true, then that's true. It just can't, I don't believe that it can be derived from anything that we do. We can do things that are meaningful, like you said, with the broom, okay but I don't think I think that we have to have a standard of meaning in order to continue meaning
0: and that's where it often comes down with us is you insist not in, and i don't mean that in a, direct, right. in a in a judgmental way but you tend to insist that there has to be a certain standard for certain things and i don't think i can see that anymore but i'm open to continuing to argue about it
1: right i mean even jp says that the, the, the bible is more than true
0: Exactly. And yeah. that, that I get. And yeah. that's why I don't take it literally because like more than true is a whole different But more than,
1: more than true is just, it's it, <laughs> more than true. Okay. So, so Jesus in, in the new Testament says, I am the way, the truth and the life. Okay. So he is the truth, right? That, that that's I'm not saying do you do you agree? I'm saying well, is gotta, that what the Bible we says we do
0: have to be specific because like Okay, you know
1: That's what I'm asking. I know that you don't <laughs> Okay. Do you believe do you do you agree that that's what Jesus says in the and that's what Jesus purportedly says in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Okay. All right. And yet we still get together. no. Um, <laughs> Uh, but no, so 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 if the Bible is more than true, then 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 how do we follow that? You you see what I mean? That
0: specific, that specific. Claim. Jesus
1: says, "I am the truth." Okay, he's the truth incarnate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so he is more than true because he is what is. That's again.
0: I'm, I'm the with biblical, you. I'm with okay, you. I'm not. Okay. Yeah. So
1: that's what is meant by more than true, okay? The more, more than true. It, we the 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 Christian belief system is that the Bible is the word of God, right? Okay? Not God, okay? Because that's biblicism, all right? Another ism, okay? That they believe that the God is, that the Bible is not separate from God; it is just another piece of God. But it is the Word of God. It was inspired into men to write through their pen or quill or whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay. That's the Word of God. So the epitome of is, okay, now we're going to really be getting into philosophical territory close to Thomism, but still not. Isness, if you will, all right, informs everything. Underneath it, something has to exist for other things to exist. A necessary existence, or or, let me put it this way, an independent existence has to exist for dependent existence.
0: I understand the words, but I don't understand how they apply to this or why they're...
1: But But that's what I'm saying is the more than true thing. So there has to be a standard. There has to be a standard for time... Again, I'm just gonna use another illustration. We have time because a timeless something.
0: Yeah, see, time. no, I don't I don't that's not how I understand the uh, more than true thing at all. I understand it a totally differently. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Um since we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't it's not I don't I don't think of it as like a, a standard that it's 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 often the other way. Like with you and I, it's often we just flip where the source comes from for me that place that jesus allegedly holds in that spot above this this other pattern is the other way around it's it's humanity that over time we could we could look at the patterns of our behavior and abstract it into a simplified lesson such as like don't murder don't murder is something that with all of this, all these patterns, all this information, all these stories that whirl into this whirl into these, thank life you lessons. for translating
1: that part of Exodus correctly.
0: What? Don't murder. Yeah. Don't do murder. Yeah.
1: Don't thou shalt not murder.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, whirling into all these stories of human experiences, whirling into this abstract, but, but also like, um, like, uh boiled down lesson that is don't murder. Um that's don't murder is is more is the is the idea of what's more than true because it's it's in my in my understanding of it, it it's it's a it's a it's a it's a conclusion derived from all these experiences that can be applied to like all of these stories as what, as what, as where they all went wrong. And the thing that if we learn it, it can be applied to a lot of situations. That's what I, I think that's the best I can do right now about how to put it into words.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And where I'm sitting is that there just has to be a, a, a foundation that's beyond us. Uh huh. Cause I mean, it, it I mean, it, cause, cause, cause if we have a, if we have a roof without a r- roofer, um, then, then it's just like roof all the way down.
0: Roof all the way down. It's I like just roof that. Roof all the way down.
1: <laughs> so it's like, you know, you got, you got to come to a point where it's just like, okay, well, th- th- but, but if we have, if we have us from the bottom, then it's going to be, got to be us all the way up. Mm-hmm. And whereas up. Like, what is up? Like, there has to be, like, some—there has to be some level, or else it's just a Tower of Babel. Mm-hmm. Okay, then it's just us just going up and up and up as far as we possibly can, and then, you know, what do we—then we're just Tom Cruise sitting on top of the Burj Khalifa. I mean, it's just like, where do you go from here, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just, you know, d- great. I did this next, you know? Um. So then it's just us— All the way up. So if it's just roof all the way down, and if it's us all the way up, what are we standing on? And why do we have a roof?
0: Hmm.
1: And and again, it goes back to the question of, of why. That's why I keep on asking why. Not to irritate you and not to annoy the people that are listening, okay? I just have to keep on asking why. Like, why are we at the bottom going all the way up and why is there even a roof
0: so i mean i like the way you're describing that
1: I gotta give credit to james sire because he has a, he, he told a story about elephant all the way down yeah it's yeah, like yeah. what is the universe built on it's just built on this and it's, and then it's just you know, get to a point where it just you know you got it and it's like elephant okay well, what's beyond it well it's elephant all the way down honey yeah you know so
0: yes i mean i appreciate that but i guess i just don't understand like there's a bit of a poetic i think uh a poetic liberty that that kind of like provides you with that that I don't even like I can't even uh, uh, I can't even plug that into necessarily where we were uh with the whole thing and with my idea of what's what's
1: well you're just saying it more it, than true it's just like people and then we just keep on you know uh-huh. da, 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 da. and I'm just going okay well if that's it then it's just people all the way down and wears well, down and wears up
0: but how come it can't how come it can't be people and then that that idea of don't murder why can't that be a roof
1: why can't the not murder be a roof yeah well then you still have to ask why
0: that's fine but i mean i'm saying that that whole whirlwind of people underneath mm-hmm. is my is my why and then the roof is the conclusion
1: like, why do you need a roof that's what i'm asking to your thing why do you need a roof i think I'm why thinking does of murder it. why does murder have to be it
0: I don't think it's the only it. I mean, I'm saying there's lots of roofs, and I'm saying like, when we are fortunate enough to have enough years to discover truths that we think are like more than true, that that's what a roof is, in, in, the, in the way that you gave it. That's what I'm thinking of it like.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm just saying there's 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 a there's a fundamental aspect, and there's a transcendent aspect. Mm-hmm. And so the fundamental aspect, it it is just there, and it doesn't move. It's the foundation, and there's a transcendent thing that doesn't move, and it is just there. And you can't go beyond either of those things, and both of those things are the same thing. And so it can be us from foundation up, which falls apart fairly quickly because, you know, humanity, we're not going to agree on all the things that are going to get us to the top. We just we just can't that's just human nature and if it's just roof all the way down okay which is two separate things why do we have a roof and what's the point of having a roof on the bottom you know i mean it's it's it's, it's the
0: it's the it's the it's the space between them that I don't understand because I don't understand why the foundation can't produce the roof i i don't and it sounds
1: like the foundation like- the found the in in Broken analogies, okay? Sure. I mean, we we all have our limits. Um, Me and you. I'm not saying you. um, Me and you. But but truth, as I learned it, as I understood it from Webster's Dictionary years ago, um, before it was changed along with a bunch of other definitions in the Webster's Dictionary that was changed. I remember when society was much simpler Um, (laughs) in the 90s. Wasn't that a great time? No. Um, But as I understood it, truth... Is a fundamental and or transcendent statement or observation about reality.
0: When you build a house.
1: You have to have a foundation.
0: Yeah, you don't start with the roof.
1: No, you have to have a foundation. Yeah. But in, in order for it to be a house, you have to have a roof.
0: And I'm cool with the roof. Yeah. All I'm saying is like, I don't understand the idea that like. Without if it's the just, fa- if without it's just the,
1: walls, everything in between, it's not a house.
0: No, but what I'm saying is I don't understand the assumption that we there must have been a roof first, and then all the and then all the humanity underneath it that learned from that roof. We're using roof again in this weird poetic. I'm just st- using both. Yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a strange thing, but we're talking about when we say roof, we're talking about the transcendent, you know, kind of abstracted idea. And uh, you believe that the the transcendent idea came first because it was the the very first thing. I
1: believe that they both came first: the fundamental and the transcendent.
0: You believe that God predates humanity though. Well,
1: yeah, I don't I don't I don't believe God has a date.
0: Yeah, yeah but predates. Yes. Existed well, I, before. I,
1: I believe that God dated humanity. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you believe that the transcendent truths existed before we existed and that as soon as we came into existence that we were sub- subject to that not like we were we were subject to that law and we had to we had to try to learn it.
1: Well, this actually Saki's right back to, you know, where we were at the very beginning as far as curiosity goes. Okay. So there has to be, there has to be a structure in place for certain things to operate as well as they possibly can. And I'm saying that when people get involved, we tend to destroy more things than we do build them.
0: We've built everything though.
1: And we've just about destroyed everything
0: i mean don't get me wrong we destroy lots of stuff but like (laughs) everything that works i'd say it's about a 50 50 thing well i mean everything that works we've also built so it's like
1: and everything that doesn't we've also built
0: also time does that and water and wind and like humans too but
1: yeah i mean but 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 that's not what we're talking about we're not talking about sentient things yeah that's that's
0: i need to ask you that what are we talking about (laughs) are you talking about I'm fully following
1: what's going on here.
0: I'm following uh, it mostly, yeah, but what are you talking about as far as what we create versus what we destroy and, and so stuff?
1: every like so whether it's our ideologies, philosophies, religions, um, homes, um businesses, buildings.
0: So you are talking about little, some physical things as well.
1: I'm 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 talking about just about everything that a human can dream up is inherently flawed and self destructive. Okay. That's because we're inherently flawed and self-destructive.
0: Okay. So you're saying? So I'm
1: saying if it's only us, mm-hmm. okay, if it's only us figuring these things out, then it's going to be inherently flawed and self-destructive.
0: But surely you don't think that everything we make, while if you might you might work with the assumption that it's inherently flawed and self-destructive, but it also It also aspires to something, and like we have the desire for it to persevere,
1: for it to mean something,
0: or I mean just for it to exist. Like if when you say self-destructive, I don't know what you mean, because when we build a building, yes, it's going to deteriorate over the time. That doesn't mean it's like self-destructive. It's just things deteriorate over time.
1: Right. It was self-destructive. Like there's nothing that's permanent that we make
0: something not being permanent I don't think is the same as being self destructive okay so
1: if we're inherently flawed and self destructive okay then everything that we create is going to be inherently flawed
0: that's what i'm saying i don't agree with the terminology
1: well we can't if we can't okay this is this i'm american right,
0: right right is everything i make american
1: that that, that that that's not the argument okay
0: i'm hungry is everything i make hungry it's yes okay yeah, yeah yeah. if i make a guitar it's but that's. i
1: think it's the law of analogy everything that is necessarily creates something like itself
0: it's i mean i'm specifically worried about the term self-destructive because like humans well i don't even know where you necessarily come up with that it's like are you self-destructive i can be but i can also not be okay but are you I can be, but I can also not be. And that's you, the problem. It's like you're 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 kind of qualifying it as one thing more than selfish? another. Am I selfish? Yes. I can be, but I can also not be.
1: Right. But at the end of the day, like I'm not saying I'm not saying are you do you identify as I'm selfish one hundred percent of the time.
0: Well that's what it sounds like when you say it that way.
1: I'm saying we can't get away from our selfish tendencies, our tendencies to destroy things whether by accident or intentional it's a subconscious thing to want to look out for ourselves primarily even at the cost of other things and so it's necessarily (laughs) self-destructive
0: i'm sorry man i'm really trying to follow but self-destructive and selfishness those that doesn't work at all for me because like it's the same thing no because if you're trying to self preserve like self-preserve that's, that can be selfish. Like I could I could hoard all the food for myself and that could be really selfish and maybe that would make people not like me, but that's not the same thing as being self-destructive.
1: Well, how is that benefiting you if you're hoarding everything and everybody else
0: is suffering? Well, then I would be like having all the food, having all the resources. Yeah, but over then you're it. alone. You're just, it feels a little like you're, <laughs> you must see, you have to see the flaw in what has been laid out. You have to see what I'm saying.
1: No, you're, you're inherently self-destructive and inherently flawed.
0: And, you're- and if you're hoarding
1: all the food, then you're going to be hurting yourself because you're going to be lonely because nobody either people want to kill you to take food. So that way they can live or they just don't want to be around you because you're a jerk and selfish.
0: I, I acknowledge so, that. So, but- so
1: you're destroying yourself by trying to preserve yourself at
0: the cost of all relationships. Okay, so you're using specifically the metric of relationships now.
1: I'm saying the metric of everything. We can't make anything perfect. We can't make anything permanent.
0: Okay, I think I understand what you're trying to get at. So you're saying that even if you think that your attempt to to claim all the resources for yourself, like say food, even even you can if even
1: you, use the World Trade Centers as an analogy here.
0: Well, don't hold on. If you you're saying just tell me if I'm right or not. (laughs) You're saying that even if you think I have the perfect, I have the perfect idea, I'll keep all the food for myself and then I won't, and then I won't be hungry. And that's, that's selfish, but like, that's what you're doing, but it still can't be considered perfect because it's at the expense of those relationships. So therefore it can't like, you're saying that there's no perfection. You're still
1: ultimately hurting yourself.
0: Okay. So you're saying because there's no perfection, you're for some reason using that to say that people are all self-destructive.
1: I just now use the word perfect. Otherwise I've been using inherently flawed and self-destructive. Uh-huh. Yeah. So now you're, now you're jumping on the perfection thing. I'm saying that if you hoard all the food, then you're ultimately going to be hurting yourself because you're lonely and because you can't, you can't. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's just, let's just use, let's just use another example. Like I said, the world trade centers. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: You, the the World Trade Center is going to be self-destructive to a certain extent, okay? It's too tall, and they had to put in precautions, like it being able to move in the wind,
0: mm-hmm. all
1: right, because it was so freaking tall. All right, so it's inherently self-destructive that they had to put in things for to keep it from destroying itself or the wind doing it, because if there's just even the slightest bit of like it like, the bird lands the right way or da, da 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 Ultimately, it can just fall in on itself. So you have to build it a certain way, you have to engineer it a certain way, but then you have to put in sway bars, basically. Okay, I know that's not the technical term. But it's inherently flawed, so that's why you had to put in safety precautions or precautions or whatever. But then it's self-destructive because the materials that you're using to make it deteriorate
0: naturally they just do i just don't agree with that use of the term self-destructive because that's not what it is that's not colloquially colloquially what that term means deterioration is not the same thing as self-destructive
1: colloquially is 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 irrelevant self-destructive means the same thing
0: anywhere no i disagree and you know colloquially i can't even say that word but how people use words is a huge part of how we define them right but i'm using
1: self-destructive and it's pretty universal
0: That's what I'm saying. I disagree. Uh, I I, I don't know why we're still stuck on this, but like something that deteriorates (laughs) over time is not the same thing as something that intentionally destroys itself.
1: I just think we speed up the process
0: because we're selfish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think selfishness is inherently self-destructive. That's fine. Yeah. If if you say that, that's fine. But the analogy. How
1: how is selfishness not inherently self-destructive?
0: It's also self-preserving. That's the thing, right?
1: Self-preserving of one person who wants to take care of only themselves for their own well-being. Yeah, but that's forgetting b- everybody else. So how is that not self-destructive? You're alone. You're hurting yourself by 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 screwing everybody out.
0: It's just weird that you're like adding all of this context to it after you offer the premise because it's like, is selfishness self-destructive? It doesn't sound like it because selfishness also can be used. To to give yourself things that you need, but then you say, "Well, here's examples of the the secondary cost of all that." And I agree with the secondary cost of all that. I agree that anything to that level but that's of excess, the cost of selfishness. That, but like selfishness also produces something else, and you're you're being very rigid about saying like all of these examples I'm given they produce one single thing. But selfishness also produces given the example that we gave it could produce a wealth of resources for one person for one person and that in itself that in itself on its own if you take if you're the only person in the world and you take all of the resources for yourself then it's not selfish anymore then you just have all the resources it or it's not that it's not selfish anymore but that second part that you're providing that is at the exclusion of all other humans that part isn't there anymore so like The very act of giving yourself things that you just want to indulge in having, and everybody
1: everybody dies, and then so there's. I don't.
0: I think you're being a little unwilling to see the flaw in your statements. (laughs) If I'm being honest.
1: Okay. All right. So so if this is on YouTube, right, in the comments. Okay. I want to know. How many people think that selfishness is a bad thing?
0: I will also add this. I'll add Purely the question. Purely a bad thing. I'll add the question to Instagram as well. I don't even but... need
1: a vote. Like, if it's true, it's true. If it's not, it's but not. But that's, that's, not
0: <laughs> that's not what you said, though. Is selfishness a bad thing? No, that's not the question. That's what I just asked. That you can ask that, and you're, you're welcome to answer that. The question is, is selfishness... Is it, does it produce purely okay. self destruction? Is it self destructive in its nature? Is selfishness self destructive? Is that yeah. the question? That's, the, that's what I've been struggling with. It put but, it in the reviews
1: on the podcast, put <laughs> it on Instagram in the comments, put it on YouTube in the comments. Is selfishness self destructive?
0: Okay. All right. Okay. That's what we'll do. Yeah. So is looking, if I'm wrong. At, I'm wrong. Yeah. Is
1: looking out, it, it doesn't matter what the vote is, <laughs> um, it, it is looking out for numero uno inherently a bad thing? Because self destructiveness is that a bad thing? Can we agree that self destructiveness <laughs> is a bad thing? You
0: can't wiggle like that. Though. I'm not
1: wiggling. I'm asking you <laughs> if self destructiveness is a bad thing.
0: Self destructiveness, yes, is a bad thing. Okay, but that doesn't mean that you can just say since it's a bad thing, we can change the question to is selfishness a bad thing? Because I didn't say is selfishness. I, a bad I, know, thing. I know, I know. I'm just because if
1: selfishness is self destructive, then selfishness is a bad thing. Igpay atinlay a plus b equals c.
0: A plus b equals c. Yeah. Okay.
1: A plus b equals c. Okay. If selfishness is self-destructive and self-destructive is a bad thing, then selfishness is a bad thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's, called a, it's called a syllogism.
0: That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I think. Let, let let the commenters decide. I want the commenters to remember that my position was: it is too simple to assume. Like when you say that, does selfishness produce self-destructiveness? That is not. I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm saying that selfishness doesn't only produce one thing. Selfishness also produces things like self-preservation, and that's all I've been trying to say.
1: Still selfish.
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm just saying it's too, I think it's too narrow to look at it as something that only produces one thing when there's like an assortment of things it can produce given a different situation.
1: I didn't say it produced more than one thing. I said it was self-destructive.
0: Does it produce more than one thing, though?
1: I just said it was self-destructive.
0: Is it also self-preserving? Pres-
1: it's literally the definition of selfish.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, right. is selfishness, right. in addition to being uh, self-destructive, is it also self-preserving? It, you, it, it,
1: it, that's literally the definition, Tyler.
0: So, do you mean yes?
1: <laughs> no, no. Selfishness is self-preservation. That's literally the definition. It's not. It's not. Does it produce it? It is that.
0: Okay, is self-preservation good? No. Okay. And that's where we will land. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on that at all before sure, we wrap it sure. up?
1: Sure. Self-preservation. Um Self-preservation is inherently about yourself. Um self-help is inherently about yourself. Self um destructiveness is apparently about yourself. And if you're only worried about yourself, then you're selfish that's literally the definition. Okay. Okay. So, um, self-preservation. Yeah. I I think that that is a bad thing. I think that if you're only focused on yourself, then yes, that's a bad thing on the preservation of yourself. Yes. That's a bad thing.
0: I'm going to stop nitpicking. Uh, I think we've, (laughs) we've gone pretty damn long. Uh, we've almost gone three hours and so this will be my longest one so far. Uh, so I'm going to like, Leave it here, not because I want. I want people to know about our relationship. This is what we do all the time, and like this, yeah. this level of I think sharpness that we've reached with each other is commonplace for us, and yeah. it doesn't affect our relationship no, in any kind of negative way. Not it's just all. what we love to do.
1: I'm still gonna kiss you on the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: It's happened before. No. It ha- no. No. It hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it hasn't. Uh, you gotta be careful what you say. No, it hasn't. Um, no, we've never kissed. But anyway, <laughs> I enjoyed this conversation. I really just as a preview for the future, I really wanted us to like talk about the devil. Uh, and also like, I wish we could have got more into the gospels. And so I hope that we will, uh, reserve the, the, the option to like do this some more and get into some of that stuff. And yeah, thank you for coming. I'm never coming back. I hope you will. I'm never coming back. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just can't, I can't do it anymore. Tyler.
0: Damn. <laughs> well, it was fun while it lasted. It was
1: great. About five years down the drain. It's, it's terrible. But no, I've, I'm very happy that you invited me and I plan on having you on my show. And, uh, yeah, it'll, uh, I think this has been fruitful, um, otherwise, cause a lot of people worry about, and I know that you want to cut it off, but a lot of people worry about whether, um, Christians and atheists can be friends. Right. Um yeah. And that was a big that was a big conversation we had near the very beginning because a lot of people started be a- asking me that. Yeah. Um. Because I think I started posting online that every Christian needs an atheist friend. Um. I, I, and I and I believe that with some caveats, obviously for both sides. Um. You know because you know I you know I I've, I've told you that I'm praying for you before and. That's not something that you prefer to hear, and everything like that, so there's there's language and there's things that you know about the relationship that have to necessarily be strained, yeah, for people that believe two opposing things um but if this is evident of anything um and it might just be a singular thing, which I know it's not, but there's you know um if, if this is evident of anything is that even if you can't agree and even if you don't get the desired outcome or if there is a desired outcome out of the other person, then there's other people listening. And like I mentioned at the very beginning of this thing, um, other people have ever heard our conversations. Yeah. Other people have heard things that I've said that would have been offensive, like very offensive without context of actually like listening to our conversation. Um, so I think that like any good debate, me and you understand that one of us is an immovable object and one of us is an unstoppable force. And so it's always going to, it's always, I'd like to think it's not going to be always like that, but I like to hope it's not, but you know, I'm still going to love you. But I, I'm hoping that people listening and people watching are just seeing two dudes that really love each other and come together on these things in the middle of the woods in the country. Um, and in daylight, which is when I like to come out here because it's you know, scary. Yeah. But, you know, we're out here in a cabin in the woods and having these conversations. And I think that they're super fruitful. And I'm glad that you're doing this. I think this is really good for you because uh, it gets you in contact with people, which is very important. Yeah. You, need to, you need to you need to be talking with people. Um, <laughs> you're but <not> wrong. <laughs> but uh, but I'm, I'm I'm really honored that uh, that to call you my friend and that you call me your friend. But it's it's fruitful whether either of us budge. Somebody's listening that needs to hear this.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I just think conversations like this—you uh, know—that's why you and I started talking to each other in the first place because I think we do value conversations like this. Well, also you wanted to for... peacefully disagree. I did. That was my original. That was my original <laughs> statement and i Peace just want, i just wanted
1: to make you a christian. yeah. I, I i just like tyler nail
0: wants to talk to me.
1: that's <laughs> so cool. let's do that.
0: <laughs> it's been fun. um and a lot of the conversations have been just like this one, but uh i like i like this part. i like making it more visible, you know. it's right. it's exciting. it's kind of fun. alan also is a writer and has books out and uh and has all kinds of other other uh artistic artistic accomplishments that are worth checking out so I'd follow up with those as well as uh as the black sheep apologist is it black sheep apologist, apologetics or black sheep podcast
1: black sheep apologetics is the ministry it's going to be the it's the name of the podcast um i'm by necessity the black sheep apologist um and so that's where that falls but yeah i've, I've written some books and i've written some articles and i've you know i'm on linkedin all the time and i'm on getter and parlor and all those beautiful things um parlor and get her under B S Apologist, which is intentional. Um <laughs> and then uh on LinkedIn under Alan V Nelson, A L A N V Nelson. Um N E L S O N. Um and then on YouTube just type in Black Sheep Apologetics and you'll you'll find me. Um with another conversation in the playlist that me and Tyler have done before on your Face Paint magazine. Mm-hmm. Um which is also also very fun. Um but yeah, yeah. Shout out to all the people that are curious and have questions and think that uh maybe they shouldn't have peaceful disagreements like this do it anyway man yeah like just 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 make sure that the people you do it with you you love them because mm-hmm. if, if 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 there's no love then there's no point and i and i think that either for the subject or the person if there's no love then there's no point i mean what's why are you doing it
0: good deal well i like it well i guess that's good for today man and we'll do it again so uh guess we'll wrap it up for the day thank you
1: you're welcome